Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>Hello, and welcome to the Superpod HeroCast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Episode 17, I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic, And we watched The, the League, League of, of Extraordinary, Extraordinary Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Why did you say extraordinary? Well, I thought I was going to do the British extraordinary. Uh. That's I... <laughs> I was going to well, present... starting off strong. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a good oh, one. Oh, boy. Right. Okay. Um, happy Star Wars Day, everyone. Oh, does this drop It'll May drop on May the 4th. May the 4th, May the 4th be, with be with you. All right. Um, Todd, yeah. yes. well, let's take a minute and okay. talk about you took a trip to Florida. Uh, I did. For I, business. For business. Yep. <laughs> yes, yes, it I, was. Yeah. Not for pleasure. Not for pleasure. Uh, yep. Uh, I travel every once in a while for work. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had a couple different roles. Sometimes I travel, some, sometimes I don't. This one was starting to travel a little bit. So That's good. This was a, yep, so back last night, so a little tired. If anyone was in the Orlando airport yesterday evening uh, <laughs> waiting for a plane in the JetBlue terminal, you may have seen me with the laptop open watching the movie on my phone. And, <laughs> typing and away. Typing, yeah, so. <laughs> they must have thought you were a crazy person because they're like, you have a laptop. Why aren't you watching it on that? They wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but uh, a movie I've seen many times, but as I was telling one of the guys, Joe, that I travel with, mm-hmm. you know, there's a difference between watching the movie for entertainment mm. as we have watched them before this podcast yes and watching them a movie to critically dissect it oh man that's an exhaustive process it, especially with this mo- correct answer yeah that's right that's <laughs> I hope right that got picked that's up right. yeah yeah especially for this movie oh yeah like absolutely they tried they they did and they, so mm. okay we'll, we've got we'll get, plenty we'll get let's there. get there okay all right bob let's go over the rules again thanks bob once we're done discussing the movie we'll go through some wrap-up questions and they are most valuable player mm-hmm Favorite character, best scene, one scene we would cut, an actor having the most fun. Our favorite question. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to have a hard time with that one on this oh. one. I don't think anyone had oh, fun oh, making oh, this yeah, movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, okay. Hold, on, hold on. Okay, since we are... Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Bob, what are we drinking? Thanks, Thanks Bob. Bob. So we've actually got a couple of beers tonight. So we've done Scotch-style ales two ways this evening. Uh, the first is... 
from Genesee Brew House, we have their Scotch Ale. Now, Genesee Brew House is part of Genesee Brewing Company, which goes all the way back to 1878. Holy cow. Uh, right down the road from us. Wow. In Rochester, New York. Most people probably know Jenny Cream Ale. Mm. That's uh, the same brewing company. But their Pilot House Batch Series uh, they do these small batch craft beers, and they're amazing. So I've actually had this beer before. It's a Scotch ale, as befitting the central character of the movie, Sean Connery, who's a Scotsman. He sure is. Uh, so that's our first Scotch ale. And as I was walking through Branching Out Bottle Shop today, getting <laughs> our beer selection, I settled on the Scotch ale, and I'm like, well, let me just take a look to make sure. And right. then I saw this beautiful Sierra Nevada Trip in the Woods, which is part of their kind of specialty beers so mm-hmm. uh, this is a scotch style ale brewed with maple syrup aged in bourbon barrels mm-hmm. now scotch ales tend to be a little heavier in the alcohol content anyways right. the genesee brew house is a seven and a half percent the sierra nevada is a 9.8 percent wow so uh let's try these uh and you know i think for an epic performer like sean connery a single beer wasn't enough so clearly <laughs> The it two scotch was enough for him. That's correct. So that makes sense. So let's try the Genesee Brew House. I've had this beer before. I like that it. That is so smooth. You get the caramel, oh, the malty. Yeah. Oh no, uh-huh. that's real good. I'm going to take another sip before yep. we. All right. We each had a a bottle of of the Genesee, the Sierra Nevada. We're taking smaller sips. Oh man, this smells so good. Huh. Hmm. It's good. Let's start there. I thought it was going to be a little... Uh, Were you expecting more of the bourbon? No, I don't know what I was expecting. That's very smooth, too. It, it's smooth. I, you know, sometimes mm. those bourbon barrel aged beers can get be a little, a little harsh. Yeah, right? get a little bite to them. Yeah, but I, I don't know if it's the maple syrup. Ooh, Something kind of what? like cuts that harshness you know, a little bit. There is a uh, mixed drink called the Bruce Wayne. There is Because, not. of course, I know this. Of course you do. Uh, it is uh, cold coffee. <laughs> okay. Bourbon. And maple syrup. And it <laughs> and, is delicious. And, and bitter, bitter anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, what it is. Yeah, it's with the, a side of... Oh, yes. <laughs> Neither one of those beers are going to last very long. Nope. Those are good beers. That's good okay. stuff. Okay. Now on to our next segment. Reshoots and reactions. Thanks, Thanks Bob. Bob. The only things I have are two iTunes reviews. Oh, yes, because we gotten some traffic there. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Noodle. Thanks, Noodle. <laughs> yeah. A passing Noodle. A passing Noodle. <laughs> okay. The first one was from Alaska Amelia. I think that's how you would say that. Okay. I'll be honest. I've only listened to the Watchmen episode because of my buddy Chuck, but I love it. Well thought out discussion, fun banter. Love the audio bit inserts. Really well edited. Thank you. <laughs> it's all Chuck. Uh, all Casey. <laughs> all Chuck. All Chuck. Hey Chuck, you want to start yeah. editing these episodes, buddy? I'll definitely be listening to more. It's not often a bunch of dudes can convince me to rewatch a movie I don't particularly enjoy in the first place. With totally new eyes. Great work, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, friend of Chuck. Yes. And then the next one is, uh, why why do people have such odd handles? G- you could s- spell Capital G-A, little N-G-E-L-D-B. Gangible-double. Okay. Gangible-double. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, sure. And they write, an amazing in-depth review and explanation of the best and the worst of your favorite superhero movies. Prepare yourself for highly entertaining pair of adults with hours of facts and reasons for how superhero movies came to the point of poetry or travesty. The podcast comes complete with humor and, of course, 
some beer. Well, it wouldn't be a podcast without some humor and some beer. We are guys with beers. Talking, talking about, about movies, movies with, with capes. capes. Excellent. Thank you to everyone who wrote yes, those thank you so much. reviews. I mean, again, it, iTunes is where it's at. iTunes, uh, I think huge. from now on, this is the last one where we'll read them. Sure. I think we'll still do like shout outs. Just like read Absolutely. Your yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that's the least we, we can do. We won't forget about you. So, Todd, here comes my favorite part. What's the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie? So, uh, and, you know, as you recall from the end of episode 16, Uh the Rotten Tomatoes score for The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a 17%. You boy. You know, as Shannon pointed out a couple episodes ago, that is the percentage of reviews that were deemed positive. It's not necessarily like a grade of the movie, 17%. However, that means fewer than one in five reviews were positive. Uh, the audience score wasn't was a little bit better, forty four percent, but still more people disliked it than liked it. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, so uh, production notes. Yes. Uh, okay. So this is our boy. I think is this number three mm-hmm. pr- uh, movie that's been uh, an Alan Moore. Ad- adapted from an Alan Moore property. Yes. Right? So we we first watched um, Constantine, then we watched. Uh, Watchmen. Let's try that again. Watchmen, Watchmen then, then Constantine, <laughs> um, and then The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So this is uh, a, another another Alan Moore film that he is unhappy with the adaptation. This is the reason he's unhappy the, with all the other yeah, ones. Yeah. He gave up after this. Yeah. Which uh, is sad because this is not a good movie. But Casey, spoiler territory. He, I'll certainly agree with this. This is not a good adaptation of his comic book. You are 100% correct. We're, we're on the same page with that one. Uh-huh. So, okay, it's Alan Moore. We've talked about Alan Moore. The guy's a genius. I mean, he, Sure, he, he's crazy, but he's a genius. He's crazy and a genius. Uh, also, Kevin O'Neill's the artist. Um, so mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the comic comes out in 1999. There are two volumes, a couple of other like one-offs. There's, there's a like the graphic black novel, dossier, The Black yeah. Dossier. So mm-hmm. there's a number of them, but it starts with six issues, volume one in 99. Um, now, Moore's original idea for the concept was a Justice League of Victorian England. Mm-hmm. Now, as he does, he's a genius. You know, It became more than that. Um, right. it, it really becomes some metafiction, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really becomes an homage to these these character styles and literary figures. And during it, during the comic, a lot of literary characters would show up for random, like, fun jokes. Like, sure. I think my favorite one is James Bond shows up and is thoroughly, his ass is kicked by uh, Alan, Alan Quarterman. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's pretty funny. That's great. That's, we know how Alan Moore feels about James Bond. <laughs> uh, you know, I saw a note that the, the now I've read, I've read the comics. Mm-hmm. I should have reread them. Uh, That's a lot of work. With, it's yeah. a lot of work. The, tra- the travel, away, yeah. yeah. Um, if you haven't read them, I suggest watch the movie first and then read the comics. I mean, one of the main things going to be different is Quartermain's not the leader; it's, uh, it's Mina. Mina, right? And Mina and is... Nemo. Yeah, Nemo. Nemo yeah, like, you know, kind of her second yeah. in command. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to be fair, again, it the movie bears almost no resemblance to the comics. <sighs> Right in, in so many ways. So, um, I read that Sean Connery. So in the comic, Quartermain is a has become a, a heroin addict. Opi- yeah, or opium, opium, uh, right, yeah, right, an opium addict. And Sean refused. He refused. So they they wrote another story in which he had removed himself from the world. But 
Um, Did you see how much he got paid to make seventeen million? Oh my god! Seventeen million of their budget of seventy-eight million, and this is a pretty special effects intensive movie. So, uh, is that explain why Mister Hyde looks like a giant rubber? Well, okay. Well, so let's talk well, about special effects we'll in a little while. We'll, yeah, we'll hold that. Um, oh so, seventy-eight million dollar budget grosses worldwide gross of one hundred seventy-nine million. Seen as a disappointment, and and although they had planned sequ- a sequel, yeah, it was, very was clear actually going to, yeah, yeah, they, w- they were going to bring the material from volume two of the gra- of the comics, which With retraces War of the World War yeah. of the Worlds. Um, that did I not happen. Would have liked to see in that movie. I, me too. Uh, all right, so screenplay James Dale Robinson. He has some writing credits for some of the DC animated material. Oh, yes. I didn't look up the. I looked just looked up the Sh- poor, poor director. Sure, sure. Yeah, the well, poor I'll bastard. Look at so uh, James Dale Robinson or James Robinson, and, and sometimes he's credited, mm-hmm. uh, wrote the story for Son of Batman. Ooh, he wrote the animated movie of it. The animated yeah. movie. That's pretty good. He one. wrote the animated movie Superman Unbound. That's one I haven't seen. Okay, uh, okay. that one's I saw was a little more recent. Yeah, yeah. And, well, so was Son of Batman. Okay, and he's got some. TV credits for the Justice League Unlimited animated oh, series. Such a good series. So, I mean, you know, he's got some cred. Sure. Uh, so you mentioned the director, Stephen Norrington. You cannot research this movie without finding a wealth of material about how Norrington, the director, and Sean Connery clashed. Apparently it was epic, legendary, and... Uh, Did you see the interview? Uh, we'll probably put it in the post at sure. tsphc.com. At the premiere. First of all, I, Norrington I read didn't it. go. Yeah, yeah. At, well, the, uh, in the notes, there was a different one. The The interview that I saw is Connery, he's being asked, you know, we understand there was some infighting on set between you and the director. How, you know, is any of that true? What do you have to say about that? And he said, well, I'm here and he's not. So what does that tell you about it? And you're just like, <laughs> that's a pretty oh, good Sean Connery. shit. Sean Connery's kind of savage. Yeah. And, you know, apparently it was such a, a bad experience for him. This was his unofficial retirement. He didn't right. announce it. Right. Afterwards, he's pretty much said he's done. And like, you got to look at the two movies he read scripts for before this were The Matrix. Not a superhero movie. Sorry, Erica. And Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. And, and he, Gandalf. And he didn't understand either one of them. And apparently didn't understand this one either, but because he had passed on two scripts he, he didn't understand, he said, well, I didn't understand them, and they're fucking hits. I'll do this one. Could you imagine Sean Connery as fucking Morpheus? He would be Ramirez from Highlander. You know, so yeah, he plays the mentor I'm, I'm so sure often. I'm sure that's exactly why they went for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For the Highlander. They, and he, he plays the mentor here, his relationship with Tom Sawyer, as we'll talk about. Uh, Agent Sawyer. I don't think uh, we ever... I mean, we, we know he's Tom, but... Oh, no, he says his full name. Oh, he does. He I does. thought he just said Agent. Oh, okay. Yeah, Special Agent Tom Sawyer. So Stephen Norrington, the director... You know his. He's retired. He he's retired, but you know what he did before he retired? Oh no, he was the director. He appeared as a uh, in a cameo shot as it as it for an acting credit. Oh no, and also was part of the makeup department for Blade. Yes. Wait, did he direct? He directed Blade. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. But that wasn't. I was about to be like, oh no, poor Steve Norrington. But it was Blade Three that, where where Wesley uh, Snipes would only probably Norrington was like, oh, dodge I a dodge fucking a bullet. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And the weird thing is, like, it's not a badly shot movie. He does some nice composition. League? You're talking about League, both both Blade yeah, yeah. and League. Uh, um, you know, I haven't seen Blade in decades, but. Maybe we'll we'll be watching it in a week. Um, But I just don't understand why with so much 
indie stuff being made these days that's uh-huh. like you can take your fucking phone and make a movie. Why is this guy still retired? You know, his you know, his um he he has said as part of his retirement, uh-huh. you know, he doesn't enjoy this the studio's interference in the project in the process. He doesn't enjoy big crews. But to your point, you know, it you Get would think with indies, and- sure, sure. But who you knows? You can release it on fucking YouTube, you know? Uh, absolutely. Uh, wasn't there a big hype last year about a film that was entirely shot on an iPhone? Two years ago, it was Two- Tangerine. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw a little bit of it. It was. It was- it, is it more the fact that it was entirely shot on an iPhone? Kind of. I mean, uh, Zack Snyder's going that way, too. He did, he did some short where he shot it all on the iPhone X. And I'm like... Is this just an ad for the iPhone X? Because it really feels you, like you know that's you what can see the edges of the phone <laughs> o- around Superman's bad CG. Oh, oh no! First of all, all those were done by Joss Whedon. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the best. Like, there's a couple scenes in this movie where I'm like, I feel like this was a reshoot. Like, oh really? The hair and stuff like that. All the reshoots in Justice League, if it involves Superman, you know it's a reshoot. You're like, oh, Henry Cavill's face looks real weird. Yeah. But, you know, there were some people that were almost cast, but... Originally cast as Mina Harker was Monica Bellucci. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who was in The Matrix. Who's in The Matrix. Which, once again, not a superhero film. Sorry, Erica. Stuart Townsend had an interesting note. He was cast in this... uh, Because he he was... You know why? No, that I don't know. Because he was fired from Lord of the Rings. Okay, so he was Aragorn. I, so, yeah, yeah, he was Aragorn, and then apparently, like right before they started two days, filming, two days before like, filming, yeah, you're too young. For so, that. do you know how long um, Viggo, Viggo Mortensen Martin? had? Uh, a week and a half to pre- to to prepare because he had to fly, and part of that, like a day of that, was flying was to, to New get Zealand. to New Zealand. So the first scene he shot was Weathertop. Oh, really? Yeah, and like the stunt people are like, you know, you're not actually trying to kill us, right? <laughs> that, that's not how he rolls. Have you seen Eastern Promises? <laughs> He's at woo, yes. Listen, you're lucky his dick wasn't out when he was trying to kill you, so just count yourself just lucky. Just takes his pants off. Uh, that's right. We don't need your pants that's off. How we, that's how I fight. This is how I fight. <laughs> Balls out. Okay. Um, with that. Yes. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Okay, All so right. um, did you write any like little blurb? You know, I didn't, but we can. It, nope. I thought of that as we got ready. So the opening, the, the movie opens, mm-hmm. and we see a, a text scroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1899, the great nations of Europe share an uneasy peace. For hundreds of years, wars have been fought with the same weapons, single-shot rifles, cavalry, and horse-drawn cannon. But this old century is soon to end. A new age dawns. Dot, dot, dot. So. I believe that's called an ellipse. Yeah, ellipse. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And then we see this decaying London, right? Well, before that, the 20th Century Fox logo turns into like Uh, a billboard. Is it 20th Century Fox? Yeah. Is it really? Mm Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers... No, Warner Brothers had nothing to do with this movie. Really? So we can't blame them? Nope. Okay. All right. Kevin Sushihara is not to blame for this movie. I clearly missed that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It does like the 20th Century Fox logo, and then uh, because Fox loves doing this shit, it becomes like a placard. Oh, okay. Oh, that would make sense, because I've seen a lot of the marketing, the branding for the movie was LXG, Mm -hmm. the X with Fox. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. All right. So this movie and a movie that comes out a year later that thankfully is not in Thor's helmet, Van Helsing. I always get the beginnings of okay. those two movies mixed up because they both have Mr. Hyde. Hugh Jackman is chasing down Mr. Hyde. They both right. have Richard Roxburgh. The uh, who is M. M in this, and he is 
uh, Dracula. Oh, he's Dracula. That's right. That's right. I saw that with the most over the top. The Van Helsing. I don't. Oh, I gotta Richard. be honest with you. I don't know that I've ever seen all of Van Helsing. You're very lucky. Oh, <laughs> it's a terrible that bad? film. Okay. Oh, it's really, really wretched. Oh, you know, you mentioned that we didn't say this is a 2003 film. Right. Funny common ground there. Those Captain America: First Avenger. The beginning of this movie. They're trying to get something. They oh. use a huge fuck off tank to <laughs> yeah. get to it. Yes, I'm like, yes. are they going for the tree? Yeah, and, and, it, and it's blueprints. It, it it is. It's a plan, right? Yeah. So let's spend a minute. We'll talk about the big plot arc. This is an alternate history, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, steampunk is certainly a fair way to describe it. So sure, it is the end of the Victorian age, right? Mm-hmm. 1899. Uh, there is technology primarily in the possession of Captain Nemo. That is far beyond an 1890s era technology. Yeah, there's solar panels, solar sonar. Panel. He has an automobile that is kick yes. ass. He has a phenomenal but Highly submarine. impractical. Highly impractical. But everything <laughs> has that ornately worked style. The interior yes. of the submarine looks like a Victorian palace, right? It's very ornate. I and you know what? I, I'll say it now. A lot of the production design is beautiful in this movie. Uh, it's a, the and look it is of this movie is phenomenal. On a movie that's like subpar. So, yeah. Okay. So we're in this this steampunk Victorian England, right? Yeah. And there is a madman threatening the nations of the world. First, we see London. Later, we see Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this non-nation state actor mm-hmm. is threatening w- world peace. Now, this is obviously you know. Almost twenty years before World War One, the concept of a world war has mm-hmm. not exi- does not exist yet. Right to counter the threat of this phantom, as he's known, this figure seems to have a scarred face with a with a silver half mask. So is he supposed? No, it's a full mask. It covers both sides. Uh, it goes all the way go, down, but it, it covers, covers more pop- of one. Yeah, it's a it's a phantom of the opera style. Is it supposed? Are they? Is he supposed to be Eric? Is he supposed to be the Phantom of the Opera? He, 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 that is one of the literary references. That is a is reference that, to the Phantom of the It's supposed to be the Phantom. Okay. Because yeah. um, I made a I made a note about making a joke about it, and then I was like, oh, wait. He oh, no, is it, the Phantom. He, okay. he is, yeah, yeah. So, he should have been playing in Oregon at some point. Just... That that might have been a little on the nose. Oh, because nothing else <laughs> in this movie? <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, so this single terrorist is yes. threatening the, the nations of the world mm-hmm. in order to foment an arms race, which he will benefit from as he has this advanced technology. He has uh, machine guns. He has a tank. He has shoulder-fired rocket. Uh, There's he, a full armor at the full end. Full armor. Yeah, Bulletproof vest. Sure. Are uh, they Hydra? They're a they're Hydra. Off, they're offshoot of Germany. 40 years earlier, yeah. right? Um, they're pre-Hydra? Uh, they're not an offshoot of Germany because he's actually... Todd... Spoiler territory. So in order to stop this world war, these various heroes of the age are recruited by the mysterious M, mm-hmm. a member of the British government, to stop the Phantom. To so create the League the of Extraordinary le- To create the latest iteration. Right. Did you catch the poster? The, yeah, poster, yeah. The painting? There's paintings it of... It was Robin Hood? Robin Hood, Ivanhoe. Ivanhoe, that's who yeah. I'm looking at. I'm like, I know this is somebody, but yeah, so, Robin Hood's pretty easy to... So M assembles this group and sure. says that you know this league has existed throughout time to protect yeah. order in the world. But it seems like it's always... Well, wait. Is Ivanhoe a real... No, Ivanhoe's a literary character, right? Look it up real quick, because I think that that's the thing. It's like the League is all literary people. It's never anybody real. So Ivanhoe itself is a novel, right? So it's a historical novel by Sir Walter Scott, published in 1820. It's a uh, subtitled a romance. It represented a shift 
away from fairly realistic novels set in Scotland to a somewhat fanciful depiction of medieval England. I I, I don't believe he was a real person. Okay. He may have been inspired by you know real heroes, but inspired uh, by Sean Connery. Yeah, exactly. Sir, yeah, Sir, Sir William Wallace. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Uh, so the, this latest iteration of the league mm-hmm. includes now the the meta fiction here is that yeah. Moore has assembled a team of literary characters and and then the literary references as you point out flow throughout the movie. Oh yeah. So the league consists of Alan Quartermain, mm-hmm. who is a pulp hero. Alan yeah. Quartermain in the Lost City of Gold. You know there was a Richard Chamberlain movie. He's like He's, Indiana Jones before there was Indiana he, Jones without. Alan Quartermain, there is no Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. right? So, one hundred percent. Now, not in the graphic novel, but in in the movie, Quartermain is is the group leader. In addition, we have Captain Nemo from <laughs> Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, mm-hmm. played by the amazing Indian actor Naziruddin Shah. He's so good. In this who's movie. A, who's an older guy now? He has an incredibly prolific actor director in the Indian film industry. Sure. Uh, I read, and it was one note, and I'm and I was skeptical, but I read one note that said he lear- he performed a lot of the martial arts himself. I'm going to say all the sword work is him, uh, probably some of those kicks and punches. But there's one when they're in the library, the first fight, the first fight. Yeah. I think some of that like kind of spinning kick stuff might not. Be I'm him. not sure that's yeah. him, but, but just that's definitely him in some of the fight scenes for nothing else than maybe uh, studio uh, insurance. <laughs> they might not have wanted their actor to be doing that kind of because that's whoever's doing that they're not wired. Sure, sure. So there's nothing safety wise to oh, stop yeah, them yeah, yeah. if they. You know. And he's an he's an older gentleman. I mean, he's, he's yeah, his, he's not his, as old as Sean Connery, but he's. You, a, but you look at his IMDb picture now, you're like, oh wow, yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's, I mean, this movie's only 15 years old. Yep, yep. So. Now, now, sadly, you know, so he's got a couple of English or Western film credits neither of which i recognized yeah. but his indian credits are shocking did you see the note that they went to some indian yes, restaurant in prague in prague where this was shot and the person who owned it recognized him put him at the best table and fed personally him the- oh, waited on them God. yeah that's crazy yeah. That's, they must have been like what's happening now? right <laughs> uh so in addition to quartermain and nemo we have uh, rodney skinner playing the gentleman thief and an invisible man yeah not the invisible man from hg wells apparently there's a rights issue there so he is his rights still are not like everyone else is public domain it, in the movie yeah. but he's not for some reason uh you know there must be something with the film rights because the the book is is long in the public domain so there but be, something about yeah i don't know what yeah, it was i didn't yeah that that's deep. yeah that's, i didn't i didn't me care neither, to me uh played by tony curran tony curran you and I saw as we joined our friends, the Dave and Danny, the D and D podcast. He was the musician Waith uh, in the Thirteenth Warrior. Yes, he was. He is also in Blade Two as a priest. Oh right, yeah, and he's also in uh, Underworld. Oh, that one I didn't Marcus. check. Yeah. Okay, he's also in X Men First Class. He's really? one of the M- Men in Black agents. No shit. Yep, and he is in Thor: The Dark World. He's Boar. When they're telling the origin story, oh, yeah! Wow, he's got a lot he's of Thor's helmet. Uh, we are also making up the team. So again, not the character from the Invisible Man, but clearly a reference to the Invisible Man. He makes a reference that he stole. He the stole it formula. from a scientist. Yeah. Great, a mad scientist. A mad scientist, uh, which the goes Invisible along Man, with the story. He of goes the Invisible insane. Man. Sure, uh, Mrs. Wilhelmina Mina Harker, played by Peter Wilson, who I love. La Femme Nikita. Love, that's her standout role. Absolutely. Sure, absolutely. She's also in another f- 
movie in Thor's helmet. Wait, what? She is Bobby in Superman Returns. Oh my god! Right? See, I knew. I figured I'd get you with a couple of these. Uh, oh, that's right. She's the the flight attendant. Oh fuck! Yeah. Wow. Okay. She's great. A lot of TV credits are too. Mm-hmm. Um, Stuart Townsend, we mentioned, plays Dorian Gray from yeah, Oscar Wilde's Portrait of Dorian Gray. He, yeah. Playing this liber- this this hedonistic libertine. <sighs> we'll get into. We'll get into why it. I don't like him in this movie. Famously, the ex husband of Charlize Theron. Were they ever married? They were. Oh, they were married okay. for a number of years. I couldn't remember if they were married. Yeah, he played Lestat in the Queen of the Damned, mm. which yeah would really. Shit the bed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, better than Tom Cruise. I'll say this. He's a better Lestat not, than Tom Cruise. You know what? I never saw Queen of the Damned because I, uh, well, I was out by that point. Yeah, yeah. Dorian has previously refused M's invitation, so they're going to go recruit him as their first uh, member that they've got to really go sell the idea on. Yeah. Uh, they are joined by Special Agent Tom Sawyer of the American Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Tom Sawyer, Mark Twain's uh, creation. Yep. Um, and then finally... Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, played by Jason Fleming, huh. also in Thor's Helmet. In X-Men First Class, he is Azazel. Oh, my God. That's right. He is a, he's a poor guy. Just keeps getting cast he, and stuff where he's under a shit ton of makeup. He's in Kick-Ass. What? He is the mo- the goon in the lobby that hit girl tricks into when she, when they make when the assault. She's, when she's dressed when, as a schoolgirl? He's the one like, it's a girl. It's a little kid. Have oh a heart. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nice. Uh, right, right. Um, um, did you see that Like, he was fourth or fifth person to be... To, no, I didn't. Because not. they kept going for these, like... And it doesn't say in the notes that I read, for probably good reason, that they wanted to cast all these people, and they kept going to people, and then they would find out that there was all this prosthetic work that they had to do. Sure. And they'd be like, no, thank you. Uh, you know, I read. So, I did read that note also about Tony Curran for The Invisible Man, or An Invisible Man. Yes. Uh, same thing. Because he is always uh, so. We'll talk about special effects there, but mm-hmm. it was, and I saw one note. Uh, I did not write it down, but it was the exact same thing. They were like, "Nope, uh, I'm out." So uh, um, I don't remember either. Yeah, I saw that too. So M is assembling this team to stop the Phantom. Uh, they they the opening scene is a heist where the Phantom has stolen the Da Vinci's blueprints of the city and canals of Venice, and M has deduced that the Phantom will be attacking Venice because there's a summit of world leaders taking place in four days, and clearly the Phantom is going to attack them to spread chaos, spread fear, so nations buy his weapons. Well, all that first stuff takes place three months before they figure out the four days. That's right. So after they steal Da Vinci's plans, yeah. then he, he then kidnaps some German May. scientists, some German uh and blows up a bunch of uh, Hindenburgs. Zeppelins, yeah. Or Zeppelins, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it jumps to June 9, 1899, and we're in Africa. But in terms of the big plot, yeah. so the, the team goes, they chase down the Phantom, hmm. they have an encounter with him. Quartermain realizes that the Phantom is actually... Oops, Todd. That's a spoiler. Okay, well then let's stop there. How dare you? How dare I? Okay. It was great, but... Too much? That... A bridge too far? Okay, so uh, let's talk about the bar. Who's the guy that comes? What's his name? Do you remember? Sanderson Reed. Sanderson Reed. A proper gentleman. A proper, very proper gentleman. Um, had this movie been made today, I think he would be part of the Kingsman. Yeah, that's true. Well, the umbrella well, and everything. Manners maketh man. This guy comes to the bar and he's like, uh, I'm looking for Alan Quartermain. Guy points out this foppish looking guy with the best sideburns in Hollywood. He's basically Smee from Peter <laughs> Pan, right? 
Like yeah, SME in Africa. Yes. Right? He says, Well, do you fill a seat, sir? You can fill my glass, Bruce. And uh, as he launches into what is clearly a well-rehearsed gag where he's mm-hmm. going to pull one over on the, on the tourist, uh, it becomes apparent that Sanderson Reed is not interested in his history. And I'll regale you with how I found King Solomon's mines, or I could relate my... It is not your past that interests me. My name is Sanderson Reed. I am a representative of Her Majesty's British government. The Empire needs you. Surprise, there's Sean Connery. <laughs> but the question is... Do I need the empire? I really like that when um, he's like, oh, perhaps I should toddle off. Yes, perhaps you should toddle off. And he goes, toddling. That's, he does. That, that is, Nigel's I, great. Toddling made Do, me laugh. S- sadly, don't get attached to Nigel. Oh, because in a second, some armed dudes are going to come in. Yeah. And Casey, spoiler territory. If you pay $17 million for Sean Connery, you better fucking use Sean Connery. And I'll say this about the movie, hmm. they fucking use Sean Connery. They do. Quartermain has basically cut ties with the world and has retreated to his the, the country of his heart, if not the country of his birth, mm-hmm. or the continent of his heart, Africa. He's in Kenya. Yeah, a shaman um, once told him that Africa would never let will him never die. Will never let him die. I wonder if that's going to become important it later might. in the film. It hmm. might. So as as Reed is trying to convince him that the the empire needs him, right? We we get the first of what is a series of Connery lines. And again, you don't make this movie without knowing. Okay, where are we going to get these these Conneryisms? Right. So the country needs him, but the question is, do I need the empire? Yes, <laughs> the empire needs him. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, well, something about uh, the empire is brought up, and Reed says, "You know, but what about patriotism? Patriotism, yes. God save the queen. God save the queen. God bless her. Oh, That's about as patriotic as it gets around here. That's I a, really like that. It's very easy, I think, to poke fun at the almost caricature that Sean Connery has become." But he still has a presence on stage. On stage? On screen. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it would, did I mention it was uh, uh, 9.8%? I, I would like to Which, point out that both of our glasses of the... We drank the... Are gone. Are gone. But, you know, Reed's trying everything to convince him. Reed you know, describes the threat of a world war, to mm-hmm. which Quartermain responds... That notion makes you sweat. And no, Reed it doesn't says, you. Heavens, man, doesn't it you? This is Africa. This is Africa, dear boy. Sweating is what we do. How much John Goddard are we getting from you in this listen, episode? I, <laughs> it's got, the only one. I, I've got extra Scotch ale, so and you're getting is, some Sean Connery. And this is the only time we'll have Sean. Oh, it is. Isn't it? So listen, I'm going to enjoy it. So I won't be dropping in any of the audio of Sean. I'm just going to let you have fun with it. Okay. Yeah, great. <laughs> you're welcome, audience. That's right. Reed is still attempting to recruit Quartermain. And Quartermain, right. you know, he explains the reason why he has retreated from the world. Uh-huh. On all of his adventures, he has lost men, white and black. And then he says, I'm not the man I once was. <laughs> God damn it. This right? is going to be the best part of the night. <laughs> so at this point, the mysterious riflemen come in. Now again, 1899, they come in with handheld automatic rifles. They... Uh, and they no in, one, no one's like, oh, who are these dudes dressed completely in black with fucking huge guns? Well, they like, a, oh, they ask for Quartermain, and Nigel, playing the part, stands mm. up. They gun him down. Ugh. Quartermain immediately leaps to the attack, standing up with a revolver. Wrong Quartermain! And he shoots the guy, and it bounces off of him. He immediately recognizes that they're armored, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not magical. You know, Quartermain is a man of action, right? right. So he's this doesn't intimidate him. At and all. their bulletproof vests are probably the most steampunky. 
thing in this movie. Yeah, you know, it's very, what is it, the man with no name? Sean Connery, where he takes the... Not Sean Connery, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, yeah, yeah, the other old guy. Um, <laughs> where he takes the plate from like yeah. a Franklin stove or something. Yep. Like, you know, it's the same thing. It's it's that level of. Oh, oh you, you mean from Back to the Future Three when Martin yeah, McFly when does it? <laughs> Clint Eastwood, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, so that's like a very rudimentary. Later, we'll see a full armored suit that looks almost like Iron Man Mark One. It sure does, right? Like that very just, mechanical you really look. Watch Iron Man. If, listen, if you if we pull Iron Man, I'm going to squeal with delight. <laughs> <laughs> it would be lovely. There's a trope in this scene. Tell me of the trope. I missed it. Well, the bad guys are shooting at you, and all of a sudden, right when they're about to get you, oh, shit, my gun jammed. Oh. Just every time. The magic gun just jams, and they, they can't get it unjammed. You know what I love about that is Quartermain, again, so maybe he has retreated from the world, but it is clear that he was a man of action. Mm-hmm. right? So he, he you know, basically hand-to-hand charges the enemy, uh, he's and he punches in the way that Sean Connery does yeah. on screen. Which again, do you think that's the way that Sean Connery punched his wife? Probably. Ugh. Yeah, absolutely. We, so we should probably before we, uh, yeah. you know, talk no, no, about no, no, how great go. Sean Connery is in this. He is a self-proclaimed wife abuser. So therefore, he w- woman in, abuser, not just his wife. Right? He's pointing sure. out that sometimes a woman needs a backhand or something. So, like a lot of sadly, some other people in Thor's helmet. We are going to divorce ourselves from. The person, sure, and just talk about the actor. Sean Connery, the person, is a piece of shit for that reason. I'm comfortable with that. Sean Connery in this movie, the actor, Alan Quartermain, does a fine job. Yes, and this has been your PSA for the evening. Yeah, so I speak for myself, not for you. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I can disassociate an actor's art from who they are as a person for the most part. That's fair. There that's are some fair. actors that have just gone too a far. Bridge too far. Sure. Johnny Depp. I'm okay. Not with him. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's fair. But I mean, you know everyone, I mean? gets like, to, everyone gets to make that choice. Like, uh, whatever. We're not yeah, going to do it yeah. down here. We, we have a long list of people who are never going to appear on the podcast. Mm. We've we've mm-hmm. talked about Tom Cruise, <laughs> Johnny Depp, <laughs> Sean Connery. Now apparently, uh, yeah. I mean, that's fair. But Sean Connery. I just wanted to because we're okay with it. I don't want anyone who's listening to be like, "How could you do this?" Yeah. He's a, yeah. No, that's fine. We we are, we we're talking it. about Sean Connery, the actor, and his In performance. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of Sean Connery, the actor, and his performances. Sure, Highlander, one of my favorite movies. Zardoz, you don't get, oh, you don't. <laughs> I could do without the breech cloth there. The you don't get Highlander without Ramirez. So you, you know, sure. but The Rock is a great the Michael Bay a, movie. It might great, be the best Michael Bay movie ever. Uh, that's probably. I think I'd agree with you on that one. Yeah. But his physicality, and he's an old man. I mean, it's 15 years ago, but he's 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 an old man. Well, he was probably in his 70s at this point. Uh, Let's I'll, say yes. Yeah. Don't you don't have to look it up. Well, now we now we do. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay, Sean Connery, born in 1930. So in 2003, he's 73. So early 70s. Oh yeah. So I, you know, that's interesting. I did see a note. Tom Sawyer, played by uh, Shane West. Shane West. There's a scene where they're on the Nautilus at sea, and this is establishing the mentor-mentee relationship between Absolutely. Quartermain and, and Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sawyer's attempting to hit this hit a target at a long range. Quartermain, both in the movie and in the literature, is famously an amazing sharpshooter. Right. Right. So of course he's Quartermain's trying to teach Sawyer how to make the shot. Right. So he has this very long rifle. <laughs> Uh, Shane West said that he was embarrassed. And actually, in the movie, you can see basically him 
like he shaking. He can't hold the rifle heavy. It's, a, it's, it's so a, heavy. It's a massive rifle. Sean Connery holds it, and he, Shane West said he was embarrassed. Sean Connery held it like no problem there. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a big. He's a big guy. Sure. Started as a bodybuilder in his right. reacting days. Um, the way he fights, I love his fight scenes. He yeah, he, he looks like he could actually fight. It, yeah. It, you believe that? Okay, he's this old man who who's retired to Africa, right? But holy shit, don't fuck with him. Nope. <laughs> and who's the one he kills? The last guy he kills in the lodge is that with the desk? Nope. Uh, oh, so, oh, the rhino. There's a rhino. <laughs> yeah, the old. The, 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 let me stab you against this Which, big thing. Amazingly, that man had no blood in his body. Welcome to a PG-13 movie. The, the, listen, you got to make some. Uh, you do sacrifices. That's one of the sacrifices you have to make. Oh sure! Oh sure! Yeah. Uh, what movie did we talk about? Where Electra? Electra. You right? Not, not you Electra, but Derek the, the com- Yeah, yeah. The, In the comics, you, yeah. You can't. See, yeah, you only saw the the her sigh like tenting up her right. costume, right? Instead of and Electra. another movie in Thor's helmet, uh, Batman v Superman. We will watch the unrated R version. Sure, but the warehouse fight. The mm. best goddamn scene in that movie. Um, Where he's the goddamn Batman? He is the goddamn Batman. <laughs> um, uh, if you watch the ultimate cut, there's blood everywhere. Like he, when he's slamming really? people into walls, but they couldn't put that in a PG 13 movie. Interesting. Oh, well, they have weird rules. There's a great documentary about the Motion Picture Association of America. It's called This Picture is Not Yet Rated. I think it is. Yeah. And it, it, it's it, fascinating. And yeah. That the that they're so secretive, so secretive, and the arcane rules that they operate by. It's it's pretty interesting. And um, we've talked about before the four fucks that are in PG movies. Right. I just <laughs> read after seeing that, I read an article about the guy. Not one of those, but in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> I love that movie. The person who did that has come out and said he wished mm-hmm. he'd given it an R rating. Oh, the guy. Oh, the the raider who because ra- it's just one person right, who right, watched the movie right. and rates it. Because of the the witchcraft and the, the, witchcraft. the, atten- oh, the attempted Jesus. rape, and oh, I'm sorry, there's Prince a of, fuck. I'm sorry, Prince of Thieves. You're I, thinking of Men and Tice. I was thinking of Men and Tice. No, like, Mel Brooks got dark in his old age. No, no, sorry. Prince of Thieves. Prince of Thieves, which is a fine, which movie. is uh, which I, is a I'm, movie. It's a guilty. It's a guilty pleasure. Oh, fuck me, he made it. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the that's one of the things. But yeah. the witchcraft and the um, Sean Connery's in that. He is. He's the he's uh, Richard. He's Richard the Lionheart. Lionhearted. Could may I give away the bride? <laughs> may I my cousin. Oh, oh my cousin. Move it along, guys. That's enough Connery for me. So, so <laughs> are you he, sure uh, for this section? Oh. So Quartermain, <laughs> Quartermain stabs one of his attacks, runs him through a horn, a rhino horn mounted no, on the wall. Man, as the last attacker is running for it, and mm-hmm. it's it's like the scene out of Quigley Down Under with Tom Selleck. Yes. Which is a gr- which is a great movie. Uh-huh. So uh, Quartermain calls for Matilda, which is his <laughs> rifle. They bring it to which him, which is a just giant gun. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, generally speaking, with a rifle, the longer the barrel, the more accurate it is because the longer the the the, the longer the barrel, the more time the barrel's rifling has to impact the bullet as it travels the down the barrel. Of it right. And so very snub nose, you know, snub nose pistols may have more power. But they're very they're they're much less accurate. Mm-hmm. The longer that barrel is, the longer it has time to influence the the trajectory oh, of okay. the bullet. Cool. So it's a incredibly long rifle. <laughs> so he stops, puts his glasses on because he's a seventy year old man. Well, he's going to take the shot. He, right, and right. The guy that came to recruit him. But he's so far away. And oh, he that's right. Puts his gun down. I thought he was. And then puts his glasses on. And what does he say? Come on, I hate getting old. It's a great line. 
and don't takes, we all, Sean? <laughs> takes the shot and wounds the man as he intends to. And there's an ADR line there that made me feel like initially it was shot that they drag him and he's still alive, but then they had to add in to make sure that the audience knew that it was intentional because he says, Did you mean to just wound him? Obviously. On a scale of one to ten, Reb Brown. We'll how get, was the ADR line? We'll get to the Reb Brown scale of ADR once we get to Paris. Oh, okay. All right, we'll hold that then. Okay. Holy shit. So in a scene reminiscent of Captain America the First Avenger, the the rifleman will not allow himself to be compromised and swallows a poison capsule before they can cap. Uh, oh, in First Avenger, you're talking about Thorin Oakenshield? Thorin Oakenshield. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Still I never, so never trusted weird. him. And he's now, uh, so Marvel's done their first podcast, and he's doing the voice of Wolverine. Oh, in yeah. that dramatic a, that dramatic podcast. But it's a for pay podcast. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I don't pay for podcasts. It's 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 essentially a... Like a radio drama, right? One hundred percent is a radio. It's shown up on a couple of the podcasts I listen to, like okay. commercials of it, and I'm yeah. like, I would love to listen. Well, to when this, you get but... Marvel money, we don't Holy have that. Holy shit! Yeah. All right. So uh, this has convinced Quartermain that he cannot remain hidden in Africa. He must rejoin the world. Right. So he travels to London. We get what will be a string of these casual literary references sprinkled throughout the movie. To your point earlier, not nearly as many literary references as exist in the comic books. Right. Apparently, the comic books, they're like almost panel by panel. There are little allusions and side jokes to other literary ideas. Sure, because the the Because it's Alan Moore. Yeah, Yeah, it's Alan Moore. It's Alan Moore. So uh, Reed greets Quartermain as he gets out of a horse-drawn carriage at some governmental building in London, points out he made good time. To which uh, Quartermain, you know, gruffly points out that his time was not as good as Phineas Fogg. Yes. <laughs> and we get another Sean Connerism around the world in 80 days. <laughs> Listen, you're getting it, man. We're oh, my deep. God. It's going to be so good. That's right. So uh, Quartermain's ushered deep into the bowels of this government building, into this kind of vaulted library. They meet M. With a very dumb line when they're walking down there. Where are we going? Australia? So now we meet the team. So... Maybe part of the team. Part of the team, right? So Quartermain, Nemo, Harker, Skinner, the Invisible Man. And Nemo and uh, Quartermain do not get off on a good foot. No. Calls him a pirate. Pirate. (laughs) And in 1899, that was not a good thing to call someone. Pirates are hung. Yep. Hanged. Sorry. Hung. Hanged. Uh, Oh, hanged, but he would have been hung. Yes. Yeah. He's hung. (laughs) <laughs> oh, usually that's yeah. Usually I break that. All right, so Yo. so M convinces them of the threat posed by the Phantom, and mm-hmm. that they must round out the rest of the team. So their first job is to go get Dorian Gray, who M has previously invited but has refused the invitation. So in Dracula, yes, Mina Harker yes. Is, is Lucy's friend. Oh no! No, Mina's the main. Oh, that's I, I have to. I have to think in terms of the Bram Stoker to keep it straight. That was. Well, what, were you, what were you thinking of? I was thinking it was Lucy, the redhead. No, no. So no. I'm thinking Bram Stoker. So, oh right, Mina was. Uh, what's Winona her name? Ryder? Winona Ryder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. British. Why is she like uh, Transylvanian? I guess if we're gonna go with this, why does she have that accent? Perhaps she spent time in Eastern Europe. That's yeah, flimsy. Okay, that's pretty flimsy. That was that uh, bugged me. I'm but, like, but you know what? Also, did, but is it also she's old, right? So, so Dracula takes place what in the eighteen? 1800s. I'm wondering. 
Yeah. If it's a timing issue. Yeah, but okay. No, I take that back. Well, Dracula the novel was published in 1897. I wonder if it was contemporaneous. Yeah, what it was. Okay. Cause, cause it was yeah, our... so there's there's no good reason. Have for you it. ever read that book? Uh, I, I've started it like three times. It's it's rough because the whole thing is told through Jonathan Harker's diaries. Yeah, yeah. So any suspense is taken out because you're like, Dracula tried to attack us today. He nearly killed me. I'm like, we know you're, you're not dead because right. you're fucking writing this. Just watch Bram Stoker's Dracula, the movie. I, it's pretty good. I like that movie. Gary Oldman can be on this podcast whenever he wants. Come on, buddy. Yeah, come we, on, there's, a, there's a handful of things in. That's right. Move it along, guys. Uh, all right. So they go to Dorian Gray's mansion one Playing, more th- one more yes. thing sorry yeah, yeah. about the meeting scene oh yeah so first of all one i'll give a positive then a negative sure the special effect when skinner puts on the white face paint yes he takes a white grease paint smears it awesome phenomenal holds you, up it's amazing however oh how does that white makeup then show skinner's stubble his stubble should be invisible. His hair is it, yeah, but the stub, but the stubble picked up portions of the grease paint as well. It picked up. It picked up the. Then texture. it should be like an off white. It's black. It's uh, no, the black is that's the spots where the grease paint didn't touch. So you're seeing through him. No, nah, it's just it's a stubble. It's I, just okay. All right, uh, TSPHC Army, please let us know which side you uh, fall on this. Y- yeah, all right. So then we get to not Aragorn's house. Because honestly, <laughs> he would have been a terrible Aragorn. Well, like you, you know, that's I feel like that's so unfair because Vigo Mortensen was so amazing. So good. But the reason the studio gives is they realize he would be too young to be playing that character. But I'm sorry, if in and it's not in the actual movies, but in the if you watch the director's cuts, so it would have maybe been in it that yeah. you find out that Aragorn is eighty seven years old. Well, he comes from the Duna Dane. Yeah, yeah. Right, so they're the long-lived men. And that's why he and, uh, um, not Galadriel, what the... F- uh, the other elf, uh, Liv Tyler. Eowyn. A- a- yeah. Yes. Eowyn or Arwen? Eowyn, yeah. Arwen yeah. is the other one. No. Fuck. Damn it, Tolkien. Give them two different names. Like, I know in the books, I don't think there's a whole love interest with uh, whichever one is from Rohan. I think that's something... Peter Jackson came up with. She's one of the half elven. So that's Arwen. Arwen. So, yeah. so Aragorn and Arwen. Eowyn is the is daughter the, of the of Rohan. Theoden. Yeah. Theoden, yeah. You're welcome, all you J.R.R. Tolkien it. nerds that's out it. there. Aragorn and Arwen would have worked because he's going to have an unnaturally long life. So casting, Not as long as a half elf, but, right. but, but we're, go, we're going we're really going nerd. d- nerdy. But my, my point is, is that I feel the reason them saying he was too young to play it is bullshit. Because with that face, and then it's reali- you realize he's 87 years old. Well, uh, you know what I think it he is? He's just bad. He's not a very good actor. Oh, all right. He's not. Okay. All right. He's not good in this movie. Okay. So uh, I like him in this movie. Mm. So in this movie, mm. now to be fair, I've not read Portrait of... Dorian Gray. Neither have I. But in this movie, he is presented as this hedonistic, decadent, libertine, almost a a feat. But but he's long-lived, and he's clearly motivated only by his own pleasure and interests. Uh, And Stuart Townsend just has this kind of like lazy danger. I, I don't know how to describe it. Like uh, later so, in the film, he is de- described as a wolf. So to he, which his response is growl. So question for well, I was going to say for the women in the TSPHC army. That's 
that's uh, I'm making some assumptions. Question for the TSPHC army that find men attractive or men who can acknowledge that men can be attractive. Oh, I don't find. Oh, if we're I, gonna go with that in my camp, yeah, I, I don't find. So, him attractive I, so at all. that's my question. Well, and, and not, it may be that stupid beard that he has. So I'm not. I'm not gonna go with attractive. Is he sexy? No. I feel like he has that like dark, dangerous sexuality. Meh. So that'll be a question. You know right. what? I think Viggo Mortensen should have played this. Part. He, we, we were just going to cast Vigo Mortensen for everything Stuart Townsend was considered. There was for. something on HBO, like a, an opinion show that was coming on, and one of the one of the ads for it was like, "I feel like LeBron James, blah blah blah, all these things." And then he goes, "I feel like all Matt Damon movies would be made slightly better if Leonardo. Oh no, I feel like all Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio movies would be would be made slightly better if it was Matt Damon." And I went. Well, fuck, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Except maybe The Revenant. He's so good in that. He's so good grunting his way through that movie. Yeah, oh, that's a crazy movie. <laughs> I'm a big fan of The Bear as well. The Bear. The Bear that fucked you've, him? You've seen the, you've seen the meme where uh, The Bear wins the Oscar instead of Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. Have you seen that? No. That's good. All right, so Shit. they're trying to convince Dorian Gray to join them. Right. Now, they are in Dorian's study when all of a sudden they are... Uh, this this group of cloaked, masked, masked yeah. riflemen surround them. Dorian Gray, almost amused, says, "They're not mine." Uh, and a fight breaks out. So I would consider this not not the the lodge in Africa. This, this is, is the, the first fight, right? Now, I love talking about first, first fights, fight, yeah. right? This is we're calling this a superhero movie, a Victorian superhero, superhero movie. movie. Sure, um, people have superpowers in this movie. So th- that's, that's right. Fine. So what are your thoughts on this fight? Let's go deep in this one. My first note about it, before we get into whether or not I like it, is, is it a fucking ticker tape parade? There is pieces of paper falling the entire goddamn fight. Well, they have automatic after, rifles. But even after all the fight, all the shooting <laughs> stops, it just keeps coming. I'm like, is this just for continuity? Is this there so they don't have to worry about a shot? Without the, the Good paper falling? Lord, I was, it got annoying near the end. Um, and also, how did Tom sort? Well, you know what? No. He does say how, that there was a straggler. He picked off a straggler, right, took his place. But, yep. uh, that's kind of tropey, too. Uh, but I'm okay with it. I mean, we saw him first when they were leaving the ministry. Yeah. Um, we see them followed by the shadowy figure. Yeah, I mean, he's so, kind of Lando Calorie seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. Let, you know, this movie does a great job of setting up stuff. There's misdirection. There's foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. From a story structure, uh-huh. this is a really solid movie. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> That's, right. Um, That's right. I like the fight. There's some parts that I didn't. Obviously, the things I already said, but also uh, some of the Phantom's guards come up to Nemo and they say, Draw your pistol. Great line. Sort of. Like Wh- the instant what? he pulled out his sword. He, oh, okay. Wait, wait what, Shoot is, him. But what, what does he when they say I'm that? Not what, that type no, of. No, he. What does he say? I walk a different path. It's an awesome line. Yes, I will say that. But. It's an awesome line delivered. Okay, epic. fixing that okay would make would make it better for me personally. Is if when they a, said a different line? Mm, no, the line's fine. When he says "draw your gun," he just pulls out his sword, eviscerates them all like he does, and then and as then he's, delivers it as he's sheathing his uh, sword again. I walk a different path. Okay, that right. would have been I, I think so much more badass. I think you're quibbling, but I hear you. <laughs> 
I hear you. <laughs> I told you when we we're talked gonna, earlier we're today be, that this is fight, what it's going to be. Okay. Like, who thinks, who's going to win? Is this a good movie or a bad okay. movie? Okay, so uh, Quartermain does what he did in the lodge, right? Mm-hmm. Whether with gun or by hand, he's not afraid of any foe, uh-huh. right? So he, And he fights as Sean Connery does. No, in my opinion, nothing you can poke fun at there. No, no, no. He's good. Dorian's a, well, like, mm, well, again, like he's sexy fighting. This, well, this this lazy, dangerous sexiness. Uh, he's fighting with a sword, right? He's essentially almost fencing, right? Sure. Uh, and he's bravely, you know, striding, unafraid through the library, engaging foes. To which we find out at the end, he gets. An entire clip put into his chest. Which we see from the back, and mm-hmm. we see not only is he shot, but they literally, they riddle the back, his back, so they're going sure. through him. Right. He looks down and almost like in annoyance, runs the man through. And then the man grabs, grabs his, his shirt, shirt, it rips it off. And the Wolverine-style regeneration, pretty it's badass. Got like, it's got like black... Um, well, it's the bullets are like dissolving and being pushed out of his skin. That was the lead from no, the No, because he gets scratched on the face later in the film by someone we won't say who right sure. now. Um, and, and it's you got see the that black. Same... So I'm wondering if that's like, because he's the portrait of Dorian Gray, is that like supposed to it's... represent canvas? I think it. I think he has this dark, this black heart. I think that's Ooh. like his interior is rotten. Right. We're kind of getting to like, Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. We're so, adding our own stuff now. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the effects there are awesome. Yes. Now, the fight ends. Uh, the Phantom runs. So Phantom runs. Every time. Every time Phantom runs. We'll say it now. Um, the Phantom is a coward. He's a, he's a coward. As the dying attacker falls at Dorian's feet, mm-hmm. Dorian gets his line You know, in response to the dying man uh, who asks him, what are you, as these bullet wounds are healing. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm Batman. He says, oh. <laughs> I'm complicated. Which could fall under Batman, Under Batman, too. absolutely. Um Phantom escapes, Sawyer chases him, Phantom leaps out a window, and it's the old, leaps out the window and instantly disappears. There's a water, there's a dock below, can't see him, Sawyer goes back to the group. There's, and, a, there's a movie, I'm sorry, yeah. there's a movie somewhere where someone jumps out a window like that, but they can't find it, but then it shows that they're like hiding underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, You know what? Yes. Oh, I've what seen that. that. And I, I was like, oh, good, because this is a trope. It, like, it is oh, a trope. you sure. jump out the thing and you can't be found. Suddenly you're gone. Yeah. I, and I was like, oh, good job, Hollywood. Yeah. You, uh, you know, whatever that is, whatever I've that seen was, it. Kudos I that. to yeah. them. Yeah. Um, story goes back. Now, Mina steps out of one of the alcoves. Huh. We think everything's done, uh-huh. but all of a sudden, one of the attackers remains. He takes Mina hostage and holding a knife to her throat. Says, go ahead and shoot? Uh, something like that. So uh, he, he tells them to, I didn't to know, fire. I didn't note his line because her line is so badass. Yes. Uh, he says, uh, yeah, he says something about like, uh, yeah, it's something to the, the hostage taker says something to the men. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Go on. I guessed as much that they would do anything to protect you. And Mina, you know, kind of cr- turns her head ever so slightly to address the man holding her hostage saying, See, now that's your biggest mistake. Thinking that I need her eyes turn red. Uh-huh. She turns and ferociously attacks this man. Oh, boy. So if, if we didn't already make the connection to the name, she's clearly a vampire. But is she? So, she 100% is because later she does the transformation to the swarm of bats. Right. 
I, I, I'm more what I'm pointing out is that after she kills this gentleman and sucks all his blood out, which everyone's reaction shot to that is beautiful, was perfect. perfect. I'm yeah. like, that's uh, naturally what it, like it's a mix of surprise and horror. Shane West looks like he's gonna throw up. That's right. Quartermain looks like I've seen worse, but I didn't expect to see worse here. <laughs> right. Right. But then she gets up and she's got a mirror and she's fixing her hair. I'm like, you're a vampire. You cannot see your own reflection. <gasps> Oh, that's I didn't good. Think about that, did I didn't think of that. And also later when, well played. when they're on the Nautilus. They, that's right. There's another She's mi- fucking out in the sun. Well, remember in the in the novel, Dracula can That's only in the book. That's really? only in the movie. In the movie? In the book, he is affected by sunlight. Oh. Yeah. I thought he just lost his powers in the sun. No, that's just some I'm 95% sure that one of the things that Bram Stoker sets up is that sunlight affects him. There's a voiceover in the movie. Yes, by story Anthony Hopkins. That explains that you know he loses you know loses in sunlight, sunlight yeah. you know his all of his powers are are, are dampened or some yeah. shit yeah that's okay you know what it'll be a reshoot someone yeah. will some, TSPH the army yeah someone someone must someone knows this is yeah. that just an artifact of the of Francis the Ford Coppola, Coppola movie. Dracula or was that the original source was material it? yeah okay all right um so then they decide that they've got to go get someone in Paris to complete right. they, the league they have to capture someone to capture someone. And uh, Nemo um, brings them to a dock. How deep is the water at that dock? Because that fucking Nautilus, it's first fucking... of all, does not hold up in that mm-hmm. shot. Later when it comes out of the water and when they're going through Venice, it looks fine. But that that's the first time you see the Nautilus. You don't like that? Oh, boy. It does not look good there. Oh, oh, I thought I... I so I liked it. I liked it the other times. But that time, like that is clearly some computer generation happening right now. Now, to be fair, I didn't specifically recall that shot looking different. In, in mm-hmm. general, I remember... It was in the liking, preview, so I yeah. remember seeing it a lot and be like, ooh. <laughs> really? That, and, sh- and that like, shot? You know... Like we talked about with Amazing Spider-Man 2, sometimes the special effects we see in Look cartoon- the trailer yeah. get rendered better by the time the movie comes out. That's true. Yeah, that's um, fair. Even like if you go watch the trailer for Black Panther and then watch the actual movie Black Panther, have a great night because it's a fucking amazing movie. But <laughs> you will see that like the well detail played. on the Black Panther costume is not as ornate as it is in the actual movie. Got it. Because they continue to take the time yep. to perfect it. So I was like, oh, maybe that'll look better during the movie. Or That's it'll a big look negative. Exactly Ghost Rider? Oh, okay. boy. Jesus, we could pull that. That's Move right. it along, guys. Nautilus looks bad. They get to Paris. They're chasing Hyde. And this is where the ADR is terrible. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to... And you know so, what? Audience, if you haven't watched this movie, I'm just going to drop it in right here for you. I don't see what we need a big monkey for. Well, this big monkey has terrorized the room board for months. Imagine the mayhem he'll give the enemy. <laughs> Missed. I'm not trying to hit him. Turn left, Mr. Hyde. Make him turn left, boy. If you can't do it with one bullet, don't do it at all. He's doubled back. Precisely. Come on. Boy, that's bad. Okay. So so I like that scene not for the ADR. The chase is fine. The chase is fine. And it, and it really kind of, you, you almost see like Quartermain as 
oh yeah, Africa was where he was meant to be. Like he is, he is he's hunting dri- a beast. and he's hunting a beast with strategy. He's driving a beast, you know, towards his plan, mm-hmm. towards his trap, which of course exactly works. Let's talk about Hyde's special effect. It's very yeah. clearly like rubber arms so, because when he runs, they kind of so the, yeah, so the practical shot effects with some with some camera effects, right? So they they flash with quick cuts. Oh, for the transformation. The transformation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm just talking about. Oh, the just his pure composite of hide. Uh, you know, he's so big. Do you think that's prosthetics on the on? It's prosthetics, but and then I think they're like, a lot, a, a make his head bigger to fit I don't that. Know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I got to be honest with you. I, so, again, these are, you know, pre-modern literary figures, right? You know. I don't know anything Hyde Jekyll is, Hyde saying that he gets to be like this giant ape man. Uh, I think he's bestial. I think he's supposed to be this kind of beast-like, huge individual. But, yeah. uh, you know, again, TSPHC Army, correct us on this one. Yeah. There's a lot of ground here. You know, I think, so my vision of Hyde as this, um, you know, pre-modern literary hulk. Yeah. You know, that kind of holds up. And he is this, mo- you know, he... He's suppo- he should look monstrous because he is a monster in terms of his character. And when I saw this on when I saw Jekyll and Hyde on Broadway, was it starring the amazing? No, no. okay, it was not Hasselhoff. It was the <laughs> understudy who was like pretty much the understudy from the beginning. Okay, and when they didn't have a big name, he just got to he got bumped up, which nice. was bullshit because he was amazing. Sure, but he was well, a, but he was no Hasselhoff. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> okay, sorry. he was. A football player in high school and okay. in college. So when he turned, in, like when he was Jekyll, he just kind of stood very chest out proper. Sure. But when he was high, he hunched everything in yeah. and all that football muscle. Like I was like, oh, yeah, you could go on a murdering spree. Got no it. problem. So, but again, in a stage show, he used posture. <laughs> he used posture. <laughs> they right. can't suddenly hang on, everyone. We got to bring out the giant hour, prosthetics. Yeah, six hour prosthetics. So he used posture to present it. I mean, yeah. So, you know, that transformation when when Dr. well, when Hyde transforms back to Jekyll. Yes. You know, he looks exhausted at the end. He I mean, sure does. Frank look, he looks a little beat up. I mean, he looks like he could lo- use a little bit of TLC. Oh yeah. You know what he really needs? What? He probably needs some to spend some time with 315 Chiropractic and Wellness. Oh, yes. Now they are a veteran-owned small business. Mm-hmm. They specialize in chiropractic care, rock taping, personal training, fitness, nutrition, life coaching, all the good things that I feel like Dr. Jekyll could use a little bit of. Absolutely. They offer that. Uh, they also offer discounts to first responders as well as referral discounts. Mm-hmm. So very important. Go in there. Tell them you heard about them on Superpod Hero Cast. They will give you a discount for being a friend of the podcast here. Absolutely. So you got to make sure you tell them that you heard it here first. So, right. Um, and now on Facebook, you can send them messages. They're 315 Chiropractic and Wellness. You can email them at 315 Chiropractic at gmail.com. You can call them at 315 464 0030. Now, if you're looking for chiropractic services, Dr. Timothy Whiting is going to be your man. Otherwise, you're going to be talking to Christina Watson. Mm-hmm. She is your wellness consultant. She has 10 years of fitness expertise. So all those other pieces that kind of surround that. So, right. you know, I highly recommend, you know, they've got some time. They've got, you know, presumably they've got a budget. You know, the league, they've got a budget. They should, uh, <laughs> they should uh, spend some time, spend a little bit of that budget at 315 Chiropractic and Wellness. Friends of the podcast, we appreciate that. 
please show your appreciation by showing them a little bit of love, checking them out. Absolutely. You know, if Hyde is supposed to be a good guy, so in, in terms of you, you know, visually, we we know how to think about him because of what he looks like and what he's done. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, but in that in that motif of it's okay in my mind, it's okay that he's like misshapen. Sure, he doesn't have like giant god. Like he's not like one of the aliens from the the white aliens from like uh, Prometheus. Prometheus, gonna, okay. right? Yeah, Who is intended to be this like the titan, like yeah. the architects, right? And, like a perfect physical specimen right sure he's not they're not he's not intended to look he's almost got like a little hunch he he's in he looks almost like an ape right with that Mm -hmm. oversized upper torso i think that's the intended effect and i think that he does a good job of looking like this dangerous menacing beast i guess i just wish it had been computer generated, and maybe they just ran out of money because seventeen sure. million dollars of this budget went to Sean Connery. Sure, I just wish like the the one at the end that drinks the entire yeah formula. that well see I so I like that scene. I don't think that effect holds up. I it, think I think the prosthetics right. look better in some scenes, like when when he's running through the castle at the end, like the arms Sh- are just like wobbling. Sure, and, and sure. that looked pretty bad. Yeah, but but. For the most part, when he's standing still, yes, okay, it looks fine. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and again, we're watching this in HD, so back in two thousand fifteen years, yeah, yeah two thousand three, they weren't thinking about seven. You know, although film is an incre- incredibly high resolution medium, right? Right. We talked about so this was shot on film. I'm sure in two thousand three, it had to be right. So yeah, I mean, it look this movie looks beautiful. It's, this movie is not oh, okay. Beautiful. All right, so they so. <laughs> Quartermain and Sawyer. Now, they first, again, doing a great job storytelling, setting things up, you know, these ideas that we're going to, that are going to pay off later in the movie. Right. So we first, you know, Quartermain first makes a reference to American style shooting from Tom Sawyer in the attack at Dorian's library. Gotcha. You know, it's echoed again as they're chasing or as they are driving Hyde through Paris Mm -hmm. and Sawyer's firing. You know, haphazardly almost, or at least from Quartermain's perspective, just firing wildly. Did you notice that, like, during that scene, Mina looked like he she wanted to mount him right then and there? I did not she was notice like, that. Oh, he fires wildly. Mm. It's like, well, that's funny because we'll fuck? we'll see this kind of uh, this later like adolescent crush that Sawyer has on Mina. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Hang on one second. Oh, doggo. Would Dorian Gray yes. tell Mina Harker his kryptonite? Well, from a storytelling perspective, right? They're they're establishing you know what will be the key to his undoing. If it had just been like, if I ever look at this portrait, it will be very bad for me. Sure. He literally like tells her, if I ever look at this, I will die. So throughout the movie, until his undoing, Dorian is this arrogant figure, right? Is it? Is, is his it, arrogance has gotten the best of him? Uh, this? And to be fair, you know, he does pretty much have them all scammed, right? So. As we get oh, into it, away that yeah. Let's, All right, let's wait, get into Bob. It. Spoiler alert. Thank you. Thank you. As it turns out, the masked figure phantom is oh. is actually M. What a twist! I remember going into this thinking, I don't understand this because you can see underneath the silver mask 
around his eyes looks all red and scarred. Uh-huh. Right? Like the Phantom of the Opera, right? The scarred visage. M, which I remembered from seeing the movie many times, is obviously the Phantom. I'm like, I, I don't remember how they explained that. So he's wearing like a latex Yeah, and he rips it off. To rip it off. When right? Quartermain knocks him down, yeah, and the mask comes off. So M has been setting up the league this whole time, and the big MacGuffin, the big, the big treasure mm-hmm. that he's after is actually their powers. Right. So... In this arms race where he's, you know, got the uh, only store in town, he wants the best merchandise, which is they're, their they're powers. They're the nuclear power. They're the this. nuclear powers, yeah. yeah. They are the metas, right? Like, he's going oh, to yeah. sell the metas. <laughs> I, I love that scene where he's explaining everything, and it's just kind of like, oh, and Quartermain, you're there, too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's the, you know, that's... <laughs> it's like, why is Quartermain here? Quartermain, from that perspective, you know... Is he just there to take him out? To not because he sees was him as Quartermain a threat? was potentially a threat. Is it because because he blows up the the Nautilus? So is that what he's going for? There? Maybe is so. It's either it's either Quartermain could be a threat. He's going to bring him here, and then he can kill him in his trap. Or he figures Quartermain isn't a threat, but Th- Quartermain is perceived as enough of a hero that if he doesn't invite him, then it'll look suspicious. Before he's ready to avail himself, like he almost has to do yeah. that to so that he's going through the motions. Because it looks like M must be part of the government. I think he's corrupt, almost like a Hydra situation within Shield. I don't think he's part of the government at all because M, to add to the twist, is Professor Moriarty. <gasps> I don't think he's part of any government. I think he's so when I they think, go to that building, you know, to, to be to fair, the point, I think he just makes up a government. I think he makes up the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It, if you, did you notice when they go to his house? The doors before they open into the library where he explains what the league is going to uh-huh. be have the Freemason symbols on them, and so does the Phantom's ring. I didn't notice that. I saw that note as I was researching. Oh, okay. It. Oh, now, I didn't see that. Yeah. Now, in the movie, now maybe he's an unreliable narrator. In the movie, more so when Moriarty reveals himself, right? He they've he's on the his, phonograph. Yeah, his agent has left a recording, uh, recording. What does he call it? a recording disc or something? A recording disc. M is explaining his plan, and he says that the league was basically there was never a league. So that doesn't make sense when they showed the pictures of the, you know, that who were supposed to be in the league before Robin could, Hood and Ivanhoe. That could Ivan just Hope. be pictures of those people. It like, could just be pictures. Like I could take pictures of people here and be like, yeah, we were all trained assassins at one okay, point. Okay, that's fair. He and is supposed to be as smart so as is Sherlock he a member? Holmes. Is, he's yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So is he, in the beginning, it looks like they're going into a governmental building, but he has no servants other than Sanderson Reed, who went to recruit Quartermain in Africa. Right. There's no like, there's no guards in the vaulted library below. Nope. When they're going down, does he, does he literally just lease a building? Mm-hmm. I think so. This whole time, I've been assuming he was like corrupt within the government, but maybe he's not. But that government would like, like Hydra with Shield, that a, a government would eventually take down his his inner sanctum. So okay. I think he's just faking. It. Okay. Um, so back to the Nautilus. Yeah, yeah. Back to the the betrayal. We find out also this whole time they think Skinner, the Invisible Man, right, is the one stealing he's all their an powers. avowed thief. Yeah, right, gentleman thief. But then we find out that it's actually Dorian Gray. In, 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 and again, in this really nicely choreographed setting, the stage for the story. I mean, 
watching it on like the seventh time I've watched it. It's very clear what's happening, but uh-huh. through all through interactions with all the league except Quartermain, who has no powers, right? Uh, except Dorian, just being a badass, right? Dorian is maneuvering to steal the secret of each of their powers, right? Right. So he scratches Skinner, scratches Skinner to get a skin sample. The best one I think is Mina's. Mina's is great. Yeah, there's this whole... Seduces her and breaks the glass so that she cuts she, her finger. And he blots it with a handkerchief, oh, which he keeps. well done. So now he has Mina's blood. Uh-huh. He just straight up steals so, yeah, Jekyll's... Right, that's the uh, one. That formula. Makes, well, is it that? I, I only know it from the it's the musical. Vi- it's the vi- The vials are the but formula. In, in the musical, it's called Formula HJ7. Oh, I was like, that's that, a little on the nose. Yeah. HJ. Okay, yeah, we yeah. got it. Yeah. Uh, it's not called that in the movie. It's, it's not called anything in the movie, right? It's, and I'm just, just wondering the for, if in he the, called it my formula. But I'm wondering if in the curious case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, oh, the book, if it's called, you gonna look it up? Well, I mean, uh, no, I'm not. Yeah, sure. Listen, we've given enough to the TSBHC army to do this episode. Let's let's do some of the work. God damn it! It's never named in the. Okay, I don't, I don't. I'm not seeing a reference to a name. Okay, then that's just from the musical theater nerd in me yeah. having him in, say in Formula HJ Seven. Which I agree is a little too uh, a little on the nose. quaint. Yeah. <laughs> they figure out Dorian's actually behind all this. Sure. He escapes in an escape pod. From the Nautilus, which the looks Nautilus. like a little crab. Kind of, or uh, a squid, because he calls it a squid. Oh, okay. He, the nickname is like the squid. He's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I intend to get my squid back. Oh, that's right. So they all see Dorian get on it, and then it falls, and then the, the hatch opens up, and they all see him. He blows a kiss to Mina, and they're all still standing there, and they're like, we're going to catch him. And then he takes off. Hello, does no one have a fucking gun? Fucking start shooting uh, that thing. So, I, listen, I, listen. There was just too much time. Well, but I think, so my take on Nemo's technology is it's so advanced that, like, small arms wouldn't. Then have, have him shoot, and Nemo and have say, that's not going to work. You know? Just okay. Have, because, okay, that's or, fair. Or... When it lands, it starts taking off, and he blows a kiss, and then they it's, chase it's it. Gone. It literally is sitting there for a good five to ten seconds. I'm just okay. like, no one's going to try and fucking stop this? Uh, I can't defend that choice. That's fair. However, on a positive, Ishmael is a fucking badass. So another literary reference, right? Way back when we first meet Nemo, uh, the first meeting of the League, as they right. leave M's vault, he is go the outside, driver. we see the automobile. Yeah. Right, he's got a, this. He's got this str- like twenty foot long, uh, <laughs> so badass fucking impractical. Car. Uh, and ne- you know, Nemo introduces his first officer, who greets the League with "Call me Ishmael." We find out the betrayal that, and this is a little mustache twirly for me. <laughs> um. Dorian walks in. He's like, has the rest of the league returned? He goes, no, that bloody Skinner will pay for this. And Dorian, in like the most like hammy way, goes, Skinner? No. Me. Plays five or six bullets into Ishmael. But then Ishmael later fucking walks from wherever he was in the Nautilus. He had to have been like the depth of He was in the bowels of the Nautilus. Because he was firing off the missiles to stop the collapse of everything on Venice. Right, right. He was deep in the control room. Which, let's put a pin in that. They 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 move through that point pretty quickly. Like if, so there's a, it's a chain of explosions. Right. But if they hit the center and destroy it before, I don't know. You know what it felt like? Uh, (laughs) This will be the second podcast in a row. In Die Hard with a Vengeance, <laughs> when they've got the jugs 
Yes. I've seen that movie easily 25 times. I still don't know how they figure it out. Like, they go through it so quickly. I'm like, wait. So, so what are you doing? That's actually a pretty well-known math trick. I, I'll and I'm terrible it. with math. Yeah, so it's, maybe it's just fair, my brain. To be nothing. fair, you were a theater guy. I was a boring. So do, so it makes sense to you? Yeah. There, there's okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and we will. So again, dear listener, go Which, out to TSPHC.com and we'll explain. the. So you basically, you have containers of two different sizes mm-hmm. and you have to produce a volume of. Of a, a size liquid. in between the two. Yeah. That it, so how do you get it? So there's there's a way of doing that. So I'll, we'll okay. link it. They all come back. They they're trying to find Skinner. They think Skinner and their and also Dorian has left during this chase to fight some of the bad guys. Ishmael comes walking out the front entrance of the Nautilus. First of all, he's walking. He's got like six or seven bullets. Four or five, six, seven. I don't know how many bullets he shoots. And like explains everything and then dies. I'm like, damn, that is one badass motherfucker to just be like, I'm gonna die, he, but I need to get this information to my captain. He, he is the first mate on the Nautilus, the <sighs> sword of the ocean. I, the sword of the ocean. Like yeah. I think he's entitled to be a badass. But oh my god, I, that you know, looking he, a little bit like um, Jean Reno from Mission Impossible. Jean Reno, yeah, Jean Reno, definitely. right? Yeah. <laughs> You're t- Jean Reno, <laughs> looking a little bit like Gene Reno. That's what it was. The the when I was trying to think of the reshoot, reshoot. I think it's Janot, Janot Schwartz, the Is director it? of Supergirl. Oh, because you were like Janot Schwartz. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Still okay. gives me a giggle. Okay, <laughs> Schwartz, Schwartz. <laughs> but I think it's Janot. Because so it's, it's not Gene Reno It's either. not Gene Reno, and it's not uh, Jan DeBant. Jan DeBant. <laughs> Suddenly we're in Fargo. Oh, yeah. Uh, and oh, yeah. Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan. DeHaan. Move it along, guys. Question about the Nautilus going through Venice. Yes. I don't think the canals are that deep. I looked it up. The canals are 13 feet deep. <laughs> so There's not no deep enough. There's no fucking way that that ginormous thing. Listen, this is one of those things where spaces don't make sense. Do you remember Executive Decision with Kurt Russell and Steven Seagal? <laughs> you mean Kurt Russell and Steven Seagal, Seagal for 15 minutes? Yeah. Which is brilliant. They should. Anytime he should die off ki- that yeah. fast in all Steven Seagal movies. Uh, You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. I will admit guilty pleasure i did enjoy it like the original handful of seagal movies were fun so (laughs) so at the end of this miraculous um plan to save venice right when uh before we discover that m is the phantom right and and to your point again literary reference so quartermain recognizes him as Professor James Moriarty, yeah, that's Napoleon later, yeah. of Crime. The Napoleon of Crime, yeah. Uh, and M immediately responds, no, he died at Reichenbach Falls. Which like, is the the, the, um, the final solution. Right, in yeah. Sherlock Holmes, where Holmes dies as well. And then... Eh, does he? Well, he dies, and then... Uh, uh, he was, you know what? No, I think in the comic... Uh, in the comics, the, god damn it. In the books, I think that's the last... Sherlock Holmes' book, The no, Final Solution. No, so he died. He he was in. So he, he was intended to die in that book. Basically, the uh, Doyle's audience freaked was in, out. Freaked out. So Ooh. he kind of he wrote he wrote a well. He didn't really die. It, oh, I never knew that yeah, part. Yeah. So it's kind of like um, in a roundabout way, the fuck you that J.R.R. Tolkien gave to the people who published. Um, Lord of the Rings. 
Uh, I'm not familiar with this. Okay, so originally, and it's how I own it. Okay, Lord of the Rings is going to be one book. It was going to be like oh, War and shit. Peace. This okay, fucking Bible of a book. Yeah, they're like it's too big. We're going to have to split it up. So Tolkien being this is the legend. Tolkien being the mastermind of the is goes fine. I get to make the cuts. Where the end of Two Towers ends is Frodo stabbed by Shelob and um, Samwise Gamgee saying, "Not asleep, dead." End of book. Really? <laughs> so when Return of the King came out, there were pit, there were buttons, and my father has one that said Frodo lives. Frodo lives. That's hilarious. And That's I was just like, that is the best fuck you to them. Be like, oh sure, yeah, I'll split this book up. You Shit. motherfuckers. Wow. There you go. All yeah. right. Well, that's that's a, that's a legend that I've heard. I may be but wrong if there's on that, a, but but if your father has a pin, yeah, why would the pin exist if that wasn't a thing? That's true. Wow. Holy shit. That's a great story, though. I, I, does it, anyone uh, Does anyone have a... Has anyone seen that? I mean, my, my dad owns them as separate books. Yeah, but I'm wondering, like, was that, like, revised in later editions? No, if you buy The Two Towers, it ends with Frodo dying. But, I mean, that's how I read them as individual books. But I, the, I guess I, I don't recall. The legend part is that it was Tolkien's fuck you to Got the, to the uh, agency. What, whoever... Was it Harper? Uh, no, it wasn't Penguin. Del Rey. Move it along, guys. Quartermain chases the Phantom. Right. Again, because the Phantom runs all the time. <laughs> all the time. They end up in a graveyard. Yes. And this is the unmasking. So this is where we find out the Phantom is M. Right. I had a problem with the line, Venice still stands. Um, well, part of Venice still stands. <laughs> That's a shit ton of it was blown up. <laughs> You know, Quartermain is prone to hyperbole, and... <laughs> it felt like the Black Knight from uh, Monty Python. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. But what's that, then? I've had worse. Nobody thought that, like... I, I understand he, they defeated him, but Venice Still Stands is very generous in this situation. You know, we'll see another bit of kind of setting the stage for Act 3, where mm-hmm. as the Phantom flees, Quartermain throws a knife, wounding him in the back. Right. Which we'll see later... As the Phantom fleeing, not Quartermain, but now his student taking up the mantle. Well, Todd, spoiler alert. The Phantom has escaped. Uh, it's very clear that uh, now now he reveals his plan in this record that was left on the Nautilus. Um, and the only person who's realizing that anything is wrong. Now, I like this effect throughout the movie. So they really wrestle with the, the two sides of Jekyll and Hyde, right? So when... When it's Dr. Jekyll, mm-hmm. uh, if he looks in a shiny surface, he sees Hyde's reflection talking I, back to I, him. You know, I like this, and I also like it for the theater nerd in me. One of my favorite lines, and I don't know if it's a line pulled from the book, yeah, but there's this whole section of the of the concept album okay. before they made it into a musical where he's writing in his diary. And one of the last ones is... Uh, I am aware of my peril and the need to control Hyde's evil influence, which disappears within me like a stain of breath upon a mirror. Oh, that's like, cool. Oh, that's a good line. Yeah. So like seeing him in the mirror and Hyde see... And the cool thing is later during this whole sub scene, Hyde, when Hyde's there, he sees Jekyll. He sees Jekyll. And Jekyll talking to him. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That, that's well I, th- done. Jason well done Fleming is phenomenal in this. Yeah. He's really he's good. He's really good. You know, I'm glad everyone else turned this part down. Yeah. You know, there's <laughs> Whoever a, they were. There's a little subplot that feels like they dangle it and do nothing with it, where he seems to lust after Mina. Um, and and he's, if Hyde was with Mina, I feel like Hyde would 
Can we not bring up rape again? No, well, yeah, but uh, again, there's this whole kind of unrequited, like, it's clearly, it's clear that Jekyll doesn't have the balls to... Right, Hyde says to him. Yes, Henry, look, but don't touch. (laughs) That's your way. Right, so this this repressed British (laughs) sensibility, right? Um, But, you know, that's a minor quote. So Sawyer is smitten with Mina. Right. And she's like, "You're sweet, and you're young. Neither are traits that I hold in high regard." You know, and the only male she seems to really respond to is it's quarterback. Is well, gray. Oh, you mean sexually? It's, yeah, uh, yeah. Like she, she seems to be type of attraction, and so, they have a history, right? There's a reference. It's clearly they are ex lovers. Yeah, right. So it seems like all is lost. This record, the whole time M was explaining his dastardly plot. Jekyll, because of Hyde's presence in the back of his mind, mm-hmm. is hearing this sound that only sub animal sub can hear. So obviously Jekyll again. And is you a see beast. in the mirror, Hyde is stop just it, like stop, stop it, it let Edwin. Me, yeah. right. Let's try that again. Henry, stop it, stop yeah. it. Uh and M explains in the reverse of the Bondian monologue, right, in which the hero is able to escape the trap because of the long monologue, as I would expect from an Alan Moore story. Right. Although this, uh, this I don't know if this very is very Ozymandias. It, it, it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. You know, this the the length of the explaining the plan was this high pitched noise that dogs can hear, or Mister Hyde that breaks glass. That breaks glass is actually been arming the bombs that Dorian Gray left throughout the Nautilus. Right, and as things tick down, all of a sudden now these bombs explode. They're underwater and there's explosions. Now this might be the most pedantic thing I've said on this podcast. Wow. Which is pretty 17 big. episodes in. This I is pretty pedantic. Wait. All right. When Nemo puts the needle down, you hear the person who's starting it say, Ready, Professor? Then she puts the needle down and says, Recording. Well, they're also showing it in black and white. It's only a record. There's no video there. So I almost feel like that's an artifice but to allow. But it's, it's when he puts it down, it's letting you know that the recording starts. I, I, I fully admit that this is the the most pedantic of <laughs> okay. pedantic things. But I was like, come on. Just have the needle already down in the black and white shots and have her say, we're recording. Jesus. <laughs> Okay. Like it's a simple thing to fix. I, the uh, it bothers you. Oh, does and, it ever? And that's fair. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. But you acknowledge that it's pedantic. I acknowledge that it's pedantic. Uh, I'm sorry, I was a pedant. Right. So that we've got the trope of explosion in the submarine. We've got to seal this one chamber so the whole sub doesn't go down. Mm-hmm. But there are men in there. Too late. However, however, they turn it on its head. They do, which is really interesting. So Jekyll goes to this to this compartment that's flooding. Mm. He stopped. He, the men have already, you know, kind of, you know, s- closed and locked the hatch door. Right. Makes them open it. He goes in. Now lock it. He <laughs> Do you goes, think those guys, though, were like, hey, okay, we're locked in. We're oh, safe. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's all I could think of. So Jekyll takes one of his formula potions, drinks uh-huh. it, and then swims down. And then we see this transformation. We've seen it in reverse before. We've seen Hyde transform back to Jekyll. Now we see Jekyll to Hyde. Ooh. Great effect. Great effect. I mean, it looks great. It the looks, only thing it is looks that grotesque and horrible. The only thing is that it's very clearly uh, using the Lord of the Rings type effect of he's not actually in the water. Like all the water shots in Lord of the Rings 
they're not in the water. Oh, really? It's them, and there are fans on them, and then they slow down the footage. Oh, I see. But isn't he like swimming though? Like, isn't he? Yeah, but I think it's just him, okay. like uh, Supermaning it, like oh, laying on his okay. stomach on a and pillar or something. Yeah. Well, it it looks really good. It, it looks, really looks good. good. The composite. The, it's good. The composite putting him in the shot is not good. Okay, I got you. So the practical is good. The visual is not, I guess, is the easiest way to put that. Okay. So uh, Hyde swims all the way to the bottom of the chamber where this, basically, it's like a vent kind of thing. We, we don't explain it. And you know what? You don't need to. Is that, now, I have no military experience. I know you were in the Air Force. Is this something that actual submarines would have? Well, so it's there's a reference before Nemo orders the the compartment to be sealed. There is a mechanism to basically like vent or I guess like shunt pump the water out sure. of the chamber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just the saying, problem is they can't get to where the pump switch is too far down. Yeah, so he says we have to do it. But is and this it, something on actual submarines? I, Anyone I would assume the... that subs have pumps. You know, they're <laughs> compartmentalized. No, but I mean, like, I assume that they can move water out of spaces, but I don't know. I, I mean, also, this is a steampunk Right, submarine. this is, obviously, yeah. But it, it's obvious that this is not done lightly, because it's Hyde straining with all of his strength, and when he f- is finally able to pull this lever, basically, like, these louvered uh, veins yeah. open, and the water starts immediately... Uh, Pumping out of the and it's coming chamber. so hard that Hyde has to grab onto something to yeah. hold. So, but yeah. he, but Hyde, you know, in this in this, you know, r- heroic heroic, yeah, yeah, it changes the oh, character. It's, right? it's absolutely heroic. So it's almost like you know Hyde and Jekyll have somehow synthesized, and which is kind of going find... with the Hulk. How they're yeah, going with I, the cinematic universe? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm fine with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I like when the Nautilus pops out of the water. That's a good It does effect. the old surface. Yeah, yeah. It looks great. Captain drove them out of the water, right? Like when... Uh, another <laughs> Crimson, Sean Connery. That's right. Crimson, or in, on Crimson, October. Um, yeah, yeah. Not Crimson Tide. Not Crimson Tide. That, yeah. Uh, so... That's someone else in Thor's right. helmet. So now we they get a communication. So they think all is lost. So not only does M have the secrets to all of their powers... There's no way they can stop this oncoming world war right. and the chaos it will cause. But they get a communication. Who's it from? Their old friend Skinner. Yes. Yes. So Skinner wasn't a dick. He was not a dick, right? So a little bit of misdirection. They'd all suspected him. But in fact, he is he has followed Gray to the he's, lair. He's, and let's not gloss over the fact that he is hiding on the boat that M and Gray are on, going all the way to the Arctic. Oh, not the Arctic. Um, where are they? Uh, mm. Bolivia. Well, it's snow covered. No, it's got to be the Arctic. It's got to be. It's Antarctic. not the Arctic. It's someplace else. It's- if Skinner's headings are correct, we will pass through the treacherous Straits of Tartary and enter the Amur River, which empties out into the frozen lakes of Mongolia, virtually inaccessible to outsiders. Later, when we find him, he's been walking through the snow naked. I'm like, oh man, like he. The, kudos. He might be like not for our questions at the end, but he might be the most valuable player in the league. From because a plot to use perspective, his, yeah. to use his superpowers, he has to get. He's got to stay naked. Yeah, that's Jesus. Pretty. And there's a there's a there's a funny line I think Quartermain has earlier about he's not happy. Like I want you dressed at all times, or it's my put up your ass. 
<laughs> your arsh. That's right. Your right. arsh. Arsh. A um, couple things. So when they get there and they're waiting for the signal. So they get there. Yeah. And um, Nemo says, now what do we do? And Sean, not Sean Connery. And Quartermain, Quartermain says, so we wait. we wait. Smash cut to them sitting in that cave. I laughed. I thought <laughs> it was hilarious. I'm like, this is how we wait. But he's outside and they're all just sitting around the fire. I'm like, I feel like this wasn't done for comedic effect, but it is fucking hilarious <laughs> to me. He's like, we wait, smash cut. Right. Where was Mina's accent on the line? Do you feel... Was not paying attention. Okay. <laughs> so I couldn't tell you. Well... Does it come and go? Because she is Australian. Right. Her Sean Connery... Is funny. Did you read the story about I that? I did. That yeah, tell the, yeah, tell that. So she's worried about it because apparently it's like verboten on, on, on the set, on set with Sean. if Sean's there. He called. She called Sean last minute. Was like, "Can I do this line in the thing?" He's like, "Yeah, sure, that's fine. Go ahead." Absolutely, and she, you should absolutely do it. And she, you have a fine arse. <laughs> I'm sure, that's probably what it was. And she, uh, she did it. This hunt's too dangerous for a woman, even one such as you. Leave it to me. And like right afterwards, like, is that okay? He goes, "Yes, that was." Terrible, so it's perfect. Like, <laughs> just kind of showing that Sean Connery's kind of an asshole. <laughs> like that's that's not something. And I not thought it was inconsistent fine. with what we think about him. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. But I thought it was it was great. It's a funny. It's a funny line. It's a um, funny line. But then when they're in the cave, yes, and I think it's Hyde or Jekyll says something about like I'll not let my evil infect the world. And Mina says, "Do you think any of us feel differently?" Suddenly, it was just like a standard American accent. Oh, really? Uh, okay. What? <laughs> you know, very common, you know, plot element, right? So there's mm. a, the, the bad guy is in his fortress. The fortress from Inception. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, and the good guys have to, you know, take it, penetrate to the core of the fortress and, you know, stop the bad guy. And thank goodness, uh, from when the League left the cave to when they got to the fortress, Mina had time to go get a perm. Her hair is straight the entire movie. When they first go into that fortress, her hair is like super curly. I'm just like humidity. What the in the cold? No, no that's no, the just, opposite way. Just, okay, all right. And okay. then later when she's fighting Dorian, it's straight again. I'm like again, fucking continuity. Pick it. Pick, Come on. Pick a hairstyle. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like I feel like at this point now it's moving to the fortress. Mm-hmm. Right, so this is the lair. Now, parallels throughout the movies. We get the parallel now of their, they have to basically fight themselves, right? So Sawyer will fight an invisible Sanderson Reed. Right. right? And I never caught that until this time watching. I was yeah. like, oh, it's, it's the same, same guy. guy. Yeah. Um, uh, Nemo and uh, Jekyll, well, right, Jekyll will transform into Hyde willingly because they need his power. Right. Uh, will fight a, another henchman who takes. Like the biggest beaker ever. To which, uh, you know, Jekyll's uh, reaction to that is not the whole thing. Hyde is horrified at, at what's coming, and and the transformation. The well, before look, we get to the transformation, okay. yeah. So the guy's drinking it, and obviously it's too much. So some of it's being spit out. I, I was fine with that when he takes the last, like, probably couple swig, yeah, and just. Pours it on his head. I'm like, that's not going to do anything. Gonna do anything. You got to ingest it, buddy. It's a, You're just wasting. Apply directly to forehead. Like it would have been great if you'd be like, oh, hang on, I gotta. <laughs> right. Okay, oh, and then drink the rest of it. <laughs> that would have been. Yeah, but uh, it looked really good when he was doing it. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> uh, so they're gonna fight him. 
Uh, Quartermain and Sawyer, of course, are going after Phantom. Right, right. Moriarty. And, of course, Mina will take on Grey. So what, what order do we want to go in? Let's start with Mina and Dorian. Oh, the best one. Well, oh, ooh, yeah. I guess okay. stuff. Yes, it's a great fight because two immortals fighting each other. It, fucking the awesome. The effects are awesome. And the, we could, we'll, we'll be at this all day. Great line. That's very funny. <laughs> right. So uh, gray, Dorian slashes Mina's face, mm-hmm. which instantly, you know, again, Wolverine, Wolverine style, style heels. heels. Uh, she, has, she rakes him with her claws. Same thing. Same thing. And then the line, we'll be here. We'll be at this all day. Two things. Yes. Why is there blood on the knife that Mina stabs Dorian with? If every other time we've seen, we including see no in this scene, sure. we see no blood. Uh, that's let, continuity Continuity, bullshit. that's fair, that's fair. And the line at the end, when he stabs her and she th- he thinks she's dead. I hoped I'd get to nail you one more time. I didn't think it'd be literally. That was, was pretty cheesy. And also, was nailing someone a uh, colloquialism in 1899. Well, I, I would call your attention to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Fuck me, he cleared it. Yeah, Fuck me, he cleared it. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So great fight. Um, and Mina, who, so I don't want to tip my. She's one of my favorites in the movie. Sure. Does this wonderful job of of acting as this proper lady until she has to unleash the beast. And when she's she does, almost on level of like Jekyll and Hyde, absolutely. It's just she does the same person. She just covers mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's great. And of course, she then pops off after Dorian stabs her through the heart, thinking she is now dead. Well, he did get her heart because she says, "You broke my heart once. This time you missed." That was a good line. That I like that. Yeah, that was sure. fun. Traditional folklore, you know, stabbing the vampire through the heart will immobilize them so that you can cut off their head, which is how you really kill them. Right. He clearly but missed. But it should have been a, it still has to be a wooden stake. Uh, it, again, I think the. But she does it. She's not it affected by sunlight. And she's, right, she right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, fine. So she pops up, stabs Dorian hard, <laughs> like into a wall, and like pins him to the wall. This may be the best moment that. Uh, um, Townsend. Stuart Townsend has in the entire movie. Hands down. Because he's like, oh, I can't get this off. And then and he, she picks up the portrait. Well, he, he starts getting, is, he's surprised, right? He's uh-huh. like, oh, I can't. Oh, but this then is it's annoying. fear when she's, then it's he, fear. he's like, oh, oh, oh shit. I gotta get out. You know, it's the same <laughs> moment of fear that Kurt Russell shows as Ego when he realizes yes. the bomb's gonna go off. This immortal being who did not contemplate his own death is now suddenly face-to-face so in that last minute. You're right. He is not better in the movie than in that moment. Yeah. I just I, I And I'm wondering if, because I haven't seen Stuart Townsend in much of anything else. Sure. I'm wondering if... To be fair, no one has. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. He's not very good in this movie. <laughs> um, but is it that he's just not good at playing the suave, sexy, cool character? Because that scene where he... Or that moment where he is freaking out and like, oh, there's genuine terror in this man's face right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. He you sells know, that really well. You know, there, he was in a movie I saw where he was a, I think where Charlize Theron might have been his wife in the movie as well. That he was a doctor and they were being held hostage by. No. It's, you know, I remember seeing bits and pieces of it and I remember him being good in that, but um, he, he's just not somebody who's on my radar. He's but no Vigo Mortensen. In this scene, the whole scene, the fight scene, his death. So I'll as, give you that. as yeah. Mina picks up the, the portrait and uncovers it and he looks on the visage of this you know aged figure you know things shift he's chosen the wrong the portrait charts in the temple for uh, that he's clearly chosen the wrong he chose chose poorly poorly. 
And I love that we both nailed that perfectly. Uh, and he is undone. Again, if we did not. There'd be a problem. You know what? I think when we start this podcast is not yet rated, Indiana Jones might need to be the, oh, yeah. the pilot episode. Yeah. What you a know great what? link. TSPHC Army, if you want to hear us do non-superhero movies, let us know and we might start another channel. Does that mean we could do The Matrix? Sure. Okay. You're America. welcome, America. That's right. Okay. So, but we would have to say the Matrix, not still a not a superhero movie. movie. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that's probably my favorite of the of the battles in the fortress here. I mean, yeah, how because, can it not be? Because the one with the hide and well, let's save that one. Let's, so let's go to the throw. I'm just saying. I'm, oh, are you are the you, other invisible oh, man. Real? Oh, yeah. I don't care. I mean, the only thing noteworthy. So, a great fight scene. Tom Sawyer. Fighting it's this knife, this invisible knife. You can almost see Shane West being like, "This is fucking stupid." It, it, it is because it that is. that knife is computer generated. Sure. Oh, so absolutely. he's literally just, just like swiping at nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Poor uh, guy. The, you know, the only thing of note that happens is that Skinner sacrifices himself, uh, oh. attacks the guy, an armored guy with a flamethrower. Yeah, and gets you know, burned. And gets horribly burned. However, at the end of the movie, he has no scarring. Yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I got nothing for that one. Uh, that one's that one's so so. The the other than so obviously Quartermain has to engage Moriarty. That's the central battle. Sure. But let's talk about Hyde and Nemo versus Evil Super Hyde. Hyde? Super, Super Hyde. Hyde? Yeah, Super we'll Hyde. go with that. Yeah. So one of the henchmen Ultra is taken. Hulk Hyde. Hulk Hyde. Oh, there that's go. a good one. So as you point out, one of the henchmen went to the laboratory, and when it looked like the league was you know, kind of gaining traction here, takes a massive dose to which even Hyde is horrified. Yeah, and you know that's bad news. And transforms into this massive creature. Visually, so... It does not hold up. The the effect doesn't hold up. The the design of the character is wonderful. So if you if we if you thought that Hyde looked monstrous, you haven't seen anything yet. It feels like it's like uh, you've seen Akira, right? I have not. Really? I know. Dave, Dave from the D&D podcast and I have had this conversation. For all of my geek credentials, I never got into anime. But it's like... I know. It's, I know, it's a rite it's, of passage. I know. You know? I know. And I, 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 for someone who has never seen Dune all the way through... Okay. All right. Or, so it's, it's, or sure. seen the Rocky movies, I, I what, understand. Uh, the, yes. Yes. TSPHC Army, you heard that right. <laughs> Casey has never seen the Rocky movies. So I, I understand there's only so much time in your life. Sure, sure. However, I and I, I don't want to point fingers at the nerds who are like, oh my God, dude, you need to see this movie. It's so I highly recommend it. Akira is the one to see. Okay. It's the one to see. It's really, really, really So good. is there a character that... Like, yeah, he kind of morphs at the end, uh, Tetsuo. Okay, and, um, and is this like misshapen? Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the fact that he's not... So the Hulk... Although brutish in his demeanor is, is, is symmetrical, and he's merely like a much bigger. Like clearly, his left hand, his right hand is his jerk off hand. <laughs> that was a great. Yes, your, your massive right hand just hit the mic stand. There, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, his left hand is big, but like the right is. But again, right? The idea is that visually, you know, we know that this is a why bad is, guy because he, of he looks bad. Well. Because it's even more unnatural looking. Right? Oh, you know what? Now that I think about it, the instant I said that, Hyde is kind of pinkish. He's pinkish. Right? So okay, yeah. so maybe 
a certain amount of the formula. Yeah, I mean, red, the color of rage. Yeah, I mean... Okay, I'll take it. Never mind. A whole lot of visual symbolism happening there, right? Sure. And I don't know if that ever happened. None of that happens in the comics ever. Nobody ever takes the formula. And you know what? I, again, I've, I can't even tell you how many years ago it was I read it. I, I'm clearly going to go back. It was, it was 2004 yeah. when right after this movie came out, someone was like, you need to read the comics. Right. I'm like, oh, okay. And I read them. I'm like, oh, fuck this movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so uh, Nemo and Hyde have to team up to fight Hulk Hyde. ADR problem here, too. Okay. On a level of 1 to 10 Reb Browns. Uh, this would be a one. Okay, so minor ADR. No, one is bad, ten is good. I thought we talked about the number of ADR. Yeah, the number of the number of red browns, the More higher it is, bad. the better. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe we'll have to switch that. So let's go. It, it makes sense, yeah. Ten red browns. Because the, the worst. The, the worst, worst. Because the, it's not so much, it, it's fine, like, production-wise. Sure. But the lines. Nemo! And then he gets there and he goes, Nemo, run! Well, then why the fuck did you <laughs> call him over? <laughs> okay. Don't call... Like, right. if I was in mortal danger and I was like, Todd, come over here. Okay, now run away. I'd be pissed. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd be motherfucker, I was already right. halfway I, gone. I was, I was already hidden. You son, son of, of a bitch. bitch. <laughs> All right, so... Ugh. Now, it's great. Now, Hyde points out that uh, the Hulk Hyde is burning through the formula. And I half expected it to then, him to turn away and to Hyde just to beat the shit out of him. But how is Hulk Hyde beat? Uh, unfortunately, well, so Hyde himself, you know, in his effort to try and fight Hulk Hyde, burns through the formula himself. Sure. But he is, uh, Hulk Hyde is beat by trapping him in a massive tower, which then collapses because of his struggling. And it's a pretty gruesome death like you see the pieces falling and at first hulk hide is strong enough to keep them up uh-huh. but he's not you know That's stronger strong, than yeah. tons of stone and is ultimately crushed what is that icicle room that hide uh, that jekyll and nemo are stuck in it's the icicle room <laughs> it's so it's, stupid i'm sorry it's the evil icicle room <laughs> because the, because hulk hide takes That's them right. and, like trying to stab them like did they work backwards for this scene too, like, well, we gotta have him try and stab them with an icicle. You know, the story and plot up till now uh-huh. has been carefully choreographed. Where there's a clue, you get the clue in advance so that it makes sense later. The misdirection of we think it's Skinner, but it's not. Everything is perfectly choreographed. I will admit Oof. that the end gets a little bit just ridiculous. Smash it all together yeah, and hope it works. Yes, I'll admit that. <laughs> I'll admit that. Not a perfect movie. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And right. that that's one of the times, like, I, you know, some of the notes I wrote, I would cross them out because something would get explained. Sure. The icicle room, I'm never got, my hand. All right, never got explained. Yeah. This brings us to the final confrontation. Between so Quar- Quartermain, yeah. you know, joined ultimately by Sawyer, mm-hmm. uh, engaging Quartermain. Moriarty. Moriarty. Yeah. Again, Whatever you want to call him. Co- you know, again, Quartermain, Sean Connery, you know, has this physical presence. Sure. Great. And you know it's what? a great fight. Richard Roxburgh. Does a nice job too. He does. He does. He's a little hammy in a lot of the movies he's in. Van Helsing. Sure. But you know he's also you... in Mission Impossible 2, right? No, is he really? He's one of the henchmen. He's actually the, the one. So the whole thing where you think Tom Cruise gets shot at the end. Yeah. And they rip off the mask and it's him with his mouth sure. taped shut. That's Richard Roxburgh. Okay. He's an Australian actor. And so when they filmed Mission Impossible 2 he was in there. Australia. They got local. They guys. got him, and then he was oh, in. That was a, 
Uh, Moulin Rouge also. Oh, never. Uh, I know. I haven't seen that one. I know. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, it's you got to be a very specific type of theater nerd to, to like that one. Yeah. So, um, you know, the fight with Moriarty is great. Moriarty stabs Quartermain in the back, what mm-hmm. will be a fatal uh, wound. He see, he shows him Sawyer in his in the Phantom Mask. He turns around, kills um, the Invisible Man, not. The, whoever the other the Reed Reed he yeah. turns around shoots Reed as he's shooting him he's stabbed. M stabs him yeah so so M, M jumps out a window jumps out a window but is with, he fucking, with the bat is he fucking he has, Batman he has the Batman cloak God damn it I was like that was pretty impressive and that uh, in terms of he survives it he survives he survives it, it. Sure, but so. But is that also like even another literary throwback to in, instead of dying at Reichenbach Falls, was this, that this, something he, he survives? Who knows? Okay. Yeah, I thought that too, but still, yeah. oh, I was who like, knows? Is he the goddamn Batman? He is, He apparently is. <laughs> so, uh, so he's running. He's going to make it back to the squid yeah. and get away. He has the case that has the secrets to all of the league's powers. Quartermain's glasses have broken in the fight. And he cannot take the shot. Trope. Trope. So now the, you're the re- student... You're ready. Oh, okay. I'm ready. Because you said I'm ready, I'm it's, now ready. It's the, right, it's Dumbo, right? Like he had the skill. He just had that. to believe it. <laughs> did you just... It's Dumbo. I'm sorry. Did you just yes. equate this movie to Dumbo? To Dumbo? Well, it's, yeah. He didn't need the feather. He didn't need to... He, he didn't... He had the ability... You couldn't go like Spaceballs, the Schwartz is in it, you, Lone Star. It's in you. I, I, I could have, yes. Instead but I of, went with Dumbo. That's right. <laughs> Fuck you! It was Dumbo. Oh, that was a throwback to the rhino horn, the elephant tusk, the Africa can move it along, guys. So, of course, Sawyer now has to make the shot that he had previously missed the last time Quartermain was teaching him. Right, so he's right. got the rifle; it's a thousand yards away, uh-huh. and takes the shot. Now, as Quartermain is dying, he's repeating the things that he said the last time. Again, beautiful parallels in terms of storytelling. You know, we're going to echo these things. It'll be almost a throwaway line up front. When we say it again, it means more. So you have all the time in the world. Of course, mm-hmm. Quartermain's dying. He doesn't have all the time. Take right. your shot. In fact, he, he falters on saying it the second time. Yeah, yeah. he falls yeah, over. Yeah, because he falls over. Yeah. Sawyer takes the shot. Of course, kills um, shoots him in the back. The case falls into the icy water. All is saved. Quartermain dies. Quartermain dies. Sure, blah, blah, blah. They take him back to Africa. The last shot of the movie, a shaman is over his grave. Africa will not let him die. And he supermans it. He does. The dirt dirt vibrates. uh, Giant bolt of lightning, yeah. Yeah. Because they were setting this up to be a sequel. sequel. Sure. In fact, I really enjoyed, I forgot to mention it, when they're there talking about their powers being stolen, Skinner said, And I'll lose the franchise. Well, Skinner... Too late. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. Um, and movie. Yes. No, uh, no post credit scene in this one. Thank God. Right. I mean, it's already bad enough that this movie ends with a very clear wait for the sequel. If there had been like they were going to shoot the scene, and I think earlier in the film I saw that like there was a newspaper clipping. That kind of uh-huh. gave the idea of the War of the Worlds thing. Yeah, I, I saw a reference to it. There was a yeah a poster or something, or something on Mars, something yeah. about a reference to Mars. A I didn't catch it. erupts on volcano Mars. Erupts That's on what it was. I, and I was like, oh, and I I did some digging. I'm like, oh, War of the Worlds. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I I I saw that note. I didn't remember it in the movie. Um, I saw the poster, and that's what led me down the rabbit hole of it. looking at. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, good that you caught that. That's yeah. cool. 
All right, so do. that's a movie. That is so. That's a movie. That is a thing that we watched. So, Casey, we've got some questions that we need to answer about this movie. Okay. Who was your MVP? Quartermain. Quartermain's the one that brings the league sure. together. Yeah. He's, yeah. You Sean know. Connery does a great job in this film. He is an asshole in real life. There's a reason a why job. we're drinking scotch ale. <laughs> he is clearly the centerpiece of yeah, this movie. Yeah, he is the most valuable player, yeah. You know... Uh, or performer. Yes. N- not for the original, but for this movie. And we're again, we're talking about this movie. Yeah, we are not... This movie, Quartermain is the center of it. Taking away from yes. the comics. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Quartermain. Quartermain, yeah. Okay. Todd, who was your favorite character? Um, my favorite character is Mina. She's yeah. a badass. She I love so awesome. the way she moves from proper lady to ferocious predator. Peter Wilson is amazing. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah, she's definitely my favorite yeah. character, too. Uh, after the fight in the library, the very first time, when uh, Gray, I think, says, you've got a, you've got some blood there. And she, uh, like, almost like, oh, is a little bit of pudding yeah. there? Sorry. Like, <laughs> this, like, proper. It's Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, um, who, uh, Casey, who's yours? Oh, no, it's Mina. Okay. Yeah, oh, Mina's my excellent. favorite character. Ooh, Casey, what is the best scene? Uh, the best scene... You know what? It's when uh, Quarterman is teaching Sawyer to shoot. Oh, that's... Mm. I think that yeah. uh, Shane West and um, Sean Connery have some really nice chemistry in that scene. Yeah, you know, that is a good scene. I, I do like that scene. I, <laughs> I'm going to go with the destruction of Dorian Gray. The, yeah. the battle and all it, of it. Like, it's a, it's a great payoff. I love the toying, like, we're going to be here all night. Yeah, but, that is like, good. It's yeah. fun. The way that as he ages, right, in this horrific... Effect, which almost calls back to like Raiders of the Lost Ark, like it or um or no the Last the, Crusade, Last Crusade, right? The sudden aging. Um, uh, even Mina, Mina is even a little bit horrified. This like, vampire woman is a little bit horrified like, oh, at what she's seeing. Yeah, uh, I think that's a great. And she's scene. probably seen some shit. She has definitely seen some shit. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh that scene for me is my favorite. Okay, uh, one scene that you would cut, Todd. Um. Hmm, a scene that I would cut. Boy, I I know you don't like the movie, but in terms of we didn't need this. Yeah. I I mean, I I would say you know, for all the build up of the phantom, he runs away a lot, but you can't remove the attack at Dorian's house. You can't remove the attack in Venice. Venice. I, I there I can't think of a scene that I would cut. Uh, yeah, the cave before they assault the fortress. I don't oh, know that I kind of like the cave. Okay. Um, I'm I gonna, mean, that's if I have to find something. I'm going to bend this a little. Okay. All right. It is the car chase through Venice where every single league member just keeps <laughs> jumping out. I'm like, just have them all split up right then. Okay. Like, like, either that or have Sawyer acknowledge the fact that they all went together and now he's fucking left to do this mission all by himself. We, we have done scene you'd rewrite before. We've done that before. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You wouldn't cut as much as change it. Change it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah, fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Now, Casey, our favorite question. Mm-hmm. Who is the actor having the most fun? Uh, Skinner. You know, the fact that we can't see him. For most of the film, yeah. For most of the film. Uh, he does really I, good he, vocal work. He's, he, you know what? He's... He's perfect. Yeah, yeah that's he's a, really boy, having we, a great time. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on this one. Woo-hoo. Nice. All, All right. right. So, 
The Rotten Tomato score for this movie was a. It was a 19%. 17, I think. 17% it was. Yes, as I said, 17. Yeah, that's tough. Casey. Uh, what are you gonna, no, you go oh, first, me? buddy. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, not a perfect movie. And again, and again, you're goddamn right. We are, we are, we are evaluating this movie. Right. I am removing yes. the yeah. And I will say this again. I said it before. Watch the movie first, and then read the comics. True. And treat them as different things. We are not rating this movie as how, how you know how good of an adaptation of the comics is this. We are saying how how is this as a movie? As a movie, this is a eighty five percent. So it's like a B. That's a B. That's a B. B. Okay. Yeah. Um, to piggyback on what you were just sure. saying, bring it to musical theater one more time. <laughs> yes, please. If you watch the animated Beauty and the Beast, yep. Then you see the Broadway show. Okay. Then you see the movie that came out last year. Yes. The bones of all three of those are the same. Sure, that's fair. But they are three different things. Yes. Going with that, saying that you cannot say, well, in the comic they did this. I'm going to give this. So you're so you are also saying evaluating this purely, purely as on the this. movie. I'm okay, gonna, I'm going to say C plus. Okay, there, okay. there's enough wrong with this that I didn't enjoy it, but it's not a complete failure. It has its moments. Okay, it's it's a popcorn flick. It is a po- and there's a let's be, there's you know listen this is not like it's just on the lower. This is totem. not a Fellini <laughs> podcast, right? Like right. we're evaluating movies. Yeah. I'm good with that. Would I would if this was on on a Saturday afternoon? You stop turning the channel when you I say would stop this. turning and be like, okay. And then like after maybe Venice, I'd be like, I'm out because the movie sure. falls apart so hard at the end of this. Okay, so yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Now now Casey, we've also started doing our dad's breakdown. We're yeah, bo- we're both fathers. Mm, yeah, um, this is a tough one. This is a tough one because aside from like Mina attacking and some of and the high, high transformation. Yeah. You could show this to your kids. A hundred percent. The goon, the bean, yeah. the noodle, they'd all be fine with it. I don't know if Christian would not just <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. That's, that's a bridge too far. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, but, I think you're right. It I think it depends on the kid, and you might need to maybe have them look away. I mean, to be fair, Mina, it's a I mean, flash. Like you see like a But fl- there's still blood on her face. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You do see blood on her face. Um Hide. I feel like the transformations are worse. I feel like once he's hide, once he's hide. he just looks like this big beast. Yeah, uh, looks like a monkey. Hulk Hide is is scary looking. Hulk Hide. Uh, Mina does also stab Dorian Gray in the dick. If that had During been permanent, I would have been very perturbed <laughs> or uh, cross or irritated. <laughs> so something. That's a great line. Uh, so you know, for kids that understand comic book violence, mm-hmm. mostly okay with a couple things to be aware of. Which the Bean has not watched any of. Sure, sure. So, but I mean that I sense of like fantasy. Her. I mean, I, like in the sense that it's not the real world. This is violence in the context of this artificial yeah, and, setting. You know, we just finished the second season of, of uh, series of unfortunate events. Okay, and someone There's is eaten bad to death th- by lions. Sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, right. So context matters. Right. But certainly there are a couple things specifically. So Mina's blood feeding can be disturbing, and Hulk Hyde. Hulk Hulk by himself and the transformation. And the transformation can be if you want to show this to your kids, just maybe earmuffs and uh, blindfolds for those those three things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. And now it's time to pick the next movie from Thor's helmet. Oh, okay. Listen, Casey. No, no, it's your turn, buddy. So it's all up to you. I just listen. Hang on. 
Oh, I, that was me listen, mixing this up. So, so the way we, you know, we haven't explained a whole lot. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> despite the fact that there's like 19 movies in the MC, well, no, no, because Avengers 18. and Black Panther, we're at 17. Right 17 now. in on the list. They're not all in the helmet. We only have said one. that we've said that we only have the next one in the series. <laughs> so, despite the fact that MCU movies should make up like one sixth or one seventh of the movies in the helmet. There's only one MCU movie in here right now, which and is Iron not, Man One. You're not going to pull it. I'm totally going to pull it. No. I'm going to find. I'm going to find Iron Man One. You're not going to find it. This no. is me. This is me finding Iron Man One. This <laughs> feels like Iron. So you know, Daredevil can read written material. He can read the ink on the paper. Are you doing sonar right now? I'm doing. I, I'm. I'm reading it. Yes. Go ahead. What, what do you okay. got? All right. I've got. I've got in my hand here. <laughs> Casey, you know what movie we're watching next? What are we watching? Uh, well, you're going to be happy. <laughs> so we we might need to see what your brother's doing. Oh, we're watching it? Christopher Reeve as Superman. <gasps> Ooh, Colin, you're welcome. Hang on. You know, I'm not upset. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not upset. It's uh, it's great. It look it. It set the stage for modern superhero movies, right? So, absolutely, it's not. Uh, you know, as I look here, and as I look <laughs> at the ones I could have pulled, I know somewhere. Why are you taking that away from me? Iron Man's in there somewhere, you bastard. Yeah, we've already proven that. Let's see. Uh, hey, Todd. Yeah, Casey. Let's watch that trailer. Okay. My friends, I'm not given to wild, unsupported statements. And I tell you that we must evacuate this planet immediately. Jor-El, be reasonable. Once there was a civilization, much like ours, but with a greater intelligence, greater powers, and a greater capacity for good. moment that world was destroyed but there was one survivor now wouldn't that beat all get out because of the wisdom and compassion of Jor-El because he knew the human race had the capacity for goodness he sent us his only son his name is Kal-El. He will call himself Clark Kent. But the world will know him as Superman. This year, Superman brings you the gift of flight. Superman, the movie. So this will be second movie yes. with uh, the name Selkin on it. Uh, 
it will, and this will also be the second time we've seen two different, uh, more than more than one iteration of a hero. Right. So we've seen Batman three ways. This will now be this will now be Superman two ways. Wait. And could we fucking see Iron uh-huh. Man? Oh, because Mask, Mask of the, the Phantasm. Phantasm. Yeah, but could we? I'm please? so glad you counted that as one of the times. Of course it is. Yeah, it's so good. But could we? It's Kevin. It's your Batman, Kevin Conroy. It's Kevin Conroy. That's right. But could we please fucking see Iron Man? God damn it! I can't well, yell we'll, because we'll the family's asleep. After um, okay. Infinity War, when he dies, first. Oh. oh, you son of a bitch! When this drops, we'll know that Cap lives. May fourth. You're absolutely right. right. Okay, so uh, we just watched the trailer. Look, it's and it's I'm a, not, I'm not upset. Look, this is I'm much happier to pull S- Superman than I was super than we were for Supergirl. Right? <laughs> You're absolutely right. So it, it's the movie that started modern superhero movies. I mean, you know, just hearing the John Williams theme. I just got the, uh, confirmation that Colin should be in for this. So TSPHC Army, oh. if you haven't gone back, please listen to Man of Steel. My brother Colin Ryan is on that. He is our resident Superman expert. Does Absolutely. a great job. It'll get you ready for this movie. Sure does. D- you Now, you pointed out that there are lyrics to the Superman theme that we all know. So, well, not the Superman. Or not the... the, not the dun, a section. Dun, dun, no, no. Dun, 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 a, a section of the... Dun, 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 is dun, dun, Can dun. You Read My Mind? And actually, when they're flying through Metropolis... Yes. Margot Kidder speaks them because obviously Margot Kidder can't sing. So it's like, can you read my mind? Can you? But a little uh, Rex Reed style uh, <laughs> spoken word performance. Yes, All right, hundred percent. All right, Casey. So what? Have you ever looked up the Rotten Tomato score for this movie? No. The Rotten Tomato score for the Christopher Reeve Superman is ninety three percent. Fuck, that's really that's hot. really good. Is this- the highest we've had? You know, I feel like I keep thinking to myself, I should create a spreadsheet of the movie, the rating, our rating, what beers. If anyone in the TSPHC Army would go like back to do and, that yeah. for us, you, yes. you'll get a shout out on the show. You know, you might get some swag. Ooh, we've swag. got some swag. Swag. So, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. 93%. 93%. That's pretty solid. So, a little backstory. This was the first true superhero movie i tried to show the bean okay you're right right which we never got, it never works out for us mature geeks yeah we got to we got to him actually appearing in the fortress of solitude as superman yeah and the bean wanted to turn it off and her reasoning was this is kind of a classic movie and i don't really like classic movies I'm like but 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 this is when it gets good like when I tried to show her Empire Strikes Back, and literally right before Luke got to Cloud City, when the movie becomes fucking awesome, she's like, "Can we turn this off?" I'm like, "No, but cool stuff's about to happen." Oh, you're so adorable. That's <sighs> unfortunate. Uh, all right, so yeah, I, I look, I've had those moments. I get it. So you know, Casey, we 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 were talking throughout the podcast, you've got to go check out. If you've not already been there, head over to TSPHC.com. It's our website. Mm -hmm. So when we put out a new episode, as we're making all these geeky references to shit, we we go out and find it. We give you the picture. We give you the link to the video. Whatever it is we're talking about, 
take a look there because it's going to certainly set the context for what we're talking about today. It's almost like the appendix for a podcast. It really is. It really is. Because there are many podcasts, and I won't name them because I don't want to feel like I'm disparaging them, Sure. where something will be get mentioned, I'm like, Shit, what are they talking about? And I've got to I don't Google understand that 600. That's right. That's I right. don't understand That's that right. reference. That's right. So i got to Google like 600 things to get to it. Yeah, we'll make it easy for we'll you. We'll make it so easy. Listen, you know, you're listening to us. We'll we're, help you out. We're here for you. Yeah, we're help here for you. Us. Yeah. Help, help you. you. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so check out tsphc.com mm-hmm. for, you know, kind of all the bonus content for the podcast. Absolutely. Our Facebook page, we put a lot of stuff up there. Interact with us uh, just today. Shared the new trailer for Incredibles 2. Very excited about that. I have not watched it yet. Looks phenomenal. By the time this drops, by May 4th, I will have watched <laughs> I it. think tomorrow you will have watched yeah, it. I'll probably go home tonight. Watch watch it. It. it looks amazing. But yeah, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Look, we are geeks at heart. Very excited. We share a lot of stuff there. No I'll spoilers. Say, I'll say that The Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie we've ever had. Ever had. Absolutely. <laughs> And apparently the best they can ever do, because they can't seem to get that right. Okay. John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, see, I still think of him as older, but I get it. I could I could I could see that. But not Kate Mara. Could we just cast Emily Blunt? Oh no, we can't. Sure. Oh yeah, we can. Bree Moore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. I'm I'm mixing up my my actresses. You, She's not Captain Marvel. Sorry. No, no. That's Brie Larson. Uh, that's right. But, uh so yeah. Casey, in yes. terms of being found on the interwebs. Yes. Should you wish to be found, uh-huh. where can our fans find you on the interwebs? On Twitter, I can be found at not Ryan Casey, and on Instagram at not dot Ryan Casey. Todd, yes. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Should you wish to be found? So I write about all things geeky and not at my website tmpinsyr.com. Mm-hmm. and on Twitter and Instagram with the handle tmpinsyr. You got that beautiful I, corner of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who'd have thought that uh, no one wanted? No one wanted that. Yeah, <laughs> so shocker. Specific. That's right. You can also email us, not letters, because only Kath writes letters. Tony at superpodherocast at gmail dot com. So, Casey, we've seen a movie tonight. We sure have. We're gonna get back together uh, now. Well before this drops, we'll be seeing Avengers: Infinity War. Avengers: Infinity War. Everybody dies. <sighs> you all right <laughs> but but that's okay this is not a permanent death we know that the infinity gauntlet can b- bring people back so sure, you know, the reality I, i'm not sweat yeah. i'm not sweating anything on this one i'm still gonna say that heimdall has the soul stone okay all right you're sticking with it okay yeah interesting sure. okay i'm i will die on this hill listen uh if we get a surprise appearance by adam warlock if they've fooled everyone and he has been hidden from all the marketing i will squeal like a little girl in the middle of the theater do uh, you still want McConaughey, or do you think they could hide that that well? Uh, listen. What if it's Zac Efron? Perfect man. He, no, he, no, it can't be him. What? Zac Efron's pretty goddamn. Yeah, but perfect. he's too. But he, but he has to have this wisdom. Adam Warlock. Move it along, guys. All right. So, uh, I think you know, Casey. I think that'll do it for tonight. <laughs> I think that's the longest tangent we've gotten to. So close to so the end. To the end. <laughs> oh, all so, right, Todd. That's a movie. That is a movie. Yeah. So that'll do it for the Superpod HeroCast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. And I've been your moderator, Bob Brown. Be, Be heroic. heroic. Right, Superman. What are we drinking? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Did you start already? Oh, no. It's going to be one of those <laughs> I was those right, just reading you're, along. You're right down. All right. Reshoot. Oh. <laughs> I'm not Bob. You're not Bob. How about Bob? Yeah. <laughs> and it says, I'll be honest. 
I only listen to Watchmen. Put all the words in there, Casey. Sure. I'll be honest. I only listened to the Watchmen episode because my buddy Chuck. Fuck it. Third time. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I'll be honest. I only listened to the Watchmen episode because my because of my <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> we'll get to the the movie. Okay. Here we go. Are you gonna take video of me trying to get through this? <laughs> you bastard. The Matrix is not a superhero. <laughs> Movie. Oh, every time you say it, it's like a knife right through Erica's heart. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag right. not sorry. Not sorry at all. <laughs> all right. Special Agent Oso, the unique stuffed bear. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's that's just for us. Listen, that's when you're in the kids' cartoon era. Oso's not Sean so Astin doing the voice. Is that who it is? Yeah, Sean Astin. Come on, they're not mine. No, no that's, that's yeah. too almost Connery-ish. I need to so. Oh, oh, we, oh, how appropriate my shirt. We Casey is wearing the perfect shirt for May the 4th. And there we go. Oh, wait, perfect. even better. Take it. <laughs> oh, you're really going to piss off the nerds. All right. All right. Nice. <laughs> okay. So where the fuck were we in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember talking about the movie or is it all just a blank it's, because of what happened uh, with the file? I'm not going to lie. I kind of shit myself there at the end. <laughs> Casey, we need to grade this movie. Well, first we got some questions, buddy. Well, I think we, yep, we have some questions. You're right. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Say yeah. that again. Wait, who asked the last one? Was that you? Uh, I did. That. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bourbon, you yeah, motherfucker. Bourbon. Um, which I, I has not watched any. Oh, shit. Sorry, Colin. Text me. I'd love to come on again. Plus, now we're one step closer to Nuclear Man. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> Nuclear Man. God damn that character. 